This episode of the Overdogs podcast is brought to you by our friends at stake. When you come down to those last couple fights, you know performance matters, and that's where your negotiation lies. You're only as good as your last fight, and that's the game of fighting. When I did it, I was like, I, I knew I was going to go to a free agency, but I've done so much in my career, bro. I got these belts and shit. I'm like, man, like, okay, what else can I do with this company? He hits me with a text at like 1 a.m., and it's just, it's the money counter. He's at the, he's at the counter cash. <laughs> the money counter's just going, my favorite, that's my favorite sound right there. You got to have the bankroll. I think most people don't have the bankroll for that shit. It's really hard to work up from like you know, a thousand bucks. I've done it before, a thousand to a hundred thousand. It's, it's, it's rare. It's, you got to be in the right place, right time, the right shoe. Like, it's really hard to do that. But if you're coming with a hundred K and you want to win a hundred K, it's got to be money management. I don't care what you do. Just don't gamble much, man. I've seen it ruin lives. The chances of you getting a bonus or slim to none, get the win. Win, 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 win. Think about the win first before you think about anything else. Guys that are complaining, about their pay my direct response to them is get better management that believe in you that can help elevate your star power it is the one thing that mike has right now and why he gets paid so well is because he has star power overdogs episode nine uh the uh fighting drinking gambling dumb shit show i'm your host bags we got mac malley in the house how you doing brother i'm doing fantastic man here with a couple legends what's up boys for sure for sure mikey Yes, sir. I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here with uh, Overdogs and Showtime on the show. Then we got one of the UFC legends, one of the best lightweight fighters in the UFC. The the guy that's running his own promotion now, APFC, that's blowing up all over the world, going global. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great, man. Can't complain. Still the only fighter that was ever on a Wheaties box. Let's go. Right. Is that true? Still. Still true, Yeah. yeah. That's true. Damn. Uh, definitely. Um, big it, it was a funny story. Funny story about that though. I'll give you some yeah. background on that. So it was like, it was it, it was right when I won the belt. Uh, you know, I just came over. I was pretty hot, and uh, John Jones was. I mean, he was way bigger than me at the time, but he was getting in trouble. So like, it was like, man, I was in the office at the time with Dana. He's like, this weed competition is coming. You know, it's supposed to be John Jones, but you know, I'm not. He's he's, he's fucking up basically. He's like, I'm putting it behind you. And literally by me being in that office is why that weed box happened, man. It was like, just the right place, right time. What? Funny how I that didn't shit know that. No one knew that. I just... Everybody just dropped that. Just dropped that, yeah. Bro, like, that's Anthony, sick. Go ahead, Anthony, Maggie, I think you know this, but like, I've been in business for a long time. You're running your own business now. Like, putting yourself in the right position at the right time leads to a lot of shit. Facts, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I was blessed to be in this game a long time, man. I, I turned pro and I was like... 18, got signed with the WEC at 19, and ever since been in the big show. WEC was owned by uh, Zufa, so I've been you know, with Zufa for forever. And uh, you know, I learned a lot throughout the game and, uh, you know, just just listening and seeing, you know, where the holes are and where I can fit in. And, you know, that's, that's what happened. So, te- so tell us this, Anthony, like uh, you got your own promotion going. I've been seeing IG posts with like you and Chris Angel. I, yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Tell me, tell me what you guys got cooking. Man, me and Chris are boys, bro. Me, that's actually funny. Me and Chris met at a nightclub, Moon Nightclub at the Palms. It was before I was even UFC, WZ. He was just a cool-ass dude. Like, I had a table next to him. He, you know, he had his table next to mine, and we just started chopping it up, and we became friends just from that from that moment. And then he's, you know, my WC career kicked off, my UFC career kicked off. We always kept in touch. But uh, now this next chapter is we're, we're going to do some business together. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not official, so I can't say exactly where we're going with it, but it's, it's definitely something that's, you know, Chris just wants to get into the martial arts world, and you know I already have you know the key to the martial arts world, so it just makes sense for us to collab and see what we can do together. Yeah, and that's what I love seeing lately, 
especially. I think it's, I think it's just, I think it's, we're at the precipice where it's starting, but it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow is UFC and, and just MMA in, in general or combat sports in general, whether it be boxing or whatever, has gotten so big with other athletes, with other celebrities. Like yeah. these guys now want to be involved with this shit, right? Like they just want to feel like they're a part of it. So I feel like it's going to open up huge deals for, for you and Mike and all these other guys down the road that weren't previously available. Man, it's, yeah, it's not stopping. I mean, look at Bellator's card. I'm Cyborg made 300,000, bro. That's, that's huge. The numbers are going up for everybody. So I think, uh, you know, the fighters are getting smarter and, you know, there's more eyes on us. Um, and, you know, the, the uh, fighting's the only sport that people watch replays on. They go watch old fights, and those, so those libraries are so valuable. That content is crazy. So, Mike, you know, when you, when you start your show, bro, remember that. That content is king, man, especially right now. Yeah, bank highlights hey, hey, all day. I'm, I'm blessed to be here with the Overdogs podcast. These guys gave me an opportunity. A lot of fans uh, on social media have been asking me to get on a podcast for so long, and uh, I <laughs> He, he made it possible, so I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get some clips and some highlights, but also trying not to sound like a complete idiot. Honestly, bro, the, the sounding like a complete idiot goes more viral, but <laughs> the rest of it, yeah, bro. <laughs> so I think you're in, right, you're in the right spot, man. You got the right team, and uh, you know these, these guys know what they're doing. Perfect yeah, fit yeah, here. Yeah, you know, we got we both got the best manager in the game. You know, yeah, bro, Malky Kawa, bro. That's shout out to FRM. I remember, I remember being at a BKFC fight before I got in the BKFC, and uh, you, we, me, and you had tables. Our families had tables oh, yeah, near yeah, each yeah. other, and and you were like, That's like right uh, when you got with your girl, right? Maybe. Uh, far as I'm concerned, me and her have always been together <laughs> forever. <laughs> but uh, you were like, Mike, you'll do this shit. I was like, I was drunk. I was like, hell yeah. Ah. I was like, you want to go right now? <laughs> I remember that. I remember that, bro. No, was, but uh, you the man, you the man, man I wonder boy. Yeah, bro, that was a big one. I was it live was for that one. I was I was rooting for your ass, and then you, pull, you pulled it out. I was like, ah, with the Superman punch off the cage. That was fire. Cage, yeah, bro. That dude, that dude was that dude's tough to beat, man. He's, he's, his range control is just crazy, man. That dude knows how to like his well, his karate background is sets him apart from everybody else. But I grew up in Taekwondo, so I, that's why I wanted that challenge. I was like, bro, I know I know how to play the range game, and uh, uh -huh. nah, I called. You watched that fight, literally all, his low kicks. I chopped him down with low kicks, and then once once his stance went from like a wide karate stance to this, now I can hit him in the chin. So I was just waiting mm -hmm. for that to happen. Low kick, low kick, low kick. Once he got to this, now you, now now you have to lean when you do fight. You can't move your feet. So I was just waiting for that stance to get closed, and if you see it, he did that right when I went off the cage. His stance got tight. And that's why he couldn't pull his, his head out. Yeah, you got that speed yeah. point fighting style too, that karate style. Yeah, yeah. From the yeah. Yeah. You you got those gyms, the uh, victory martial arts gyms. Yeah, Pettis, well, Pettis martial arts. I, I'm my my uh, best friend owns victory martial arts, but we grew up oh, in Taekwondo. Okay. So we grew yeah, up in Taekwondo. Like yeah, I had a program. Yeah, Taekwondo. I had a program in this gym called Victory Showtime, where it was like a hybrid of Taekwondo in uh, mixed martial arts. So we were like introducing mixed martial arts to students that do traditional martial arts. It's such a hard line to cross too, because traditional mm. students don't do jujitsu. They don't, you know, they're not used to like the, the boxing to hit into the head. So it was it's like a real hard, you know, thing to cross in, in the gym world. But we were trying. Taekwondo is so dope because like, the kicks are so versatile, man. And you could see that in your game always, you know, like you throw some crazy shit. But Taekwondo, yeah. I love the kicking, man. It's different yeah. than uh, traditional karate, all that other stuff. Taekwondo is nasty, bro. 
Yeah, I think yeah. the biggest thing about Taekwondo was like the, the, the points for an aspect, aspect of it. You know, you get point, a, a point score on you. If you get touched, you, get, you, know, you lose a point. So like not yeah. getting, hitting and not getting hit is what I learned in Taekwondo. Hell yeah. That helps the longevity of a career, doesn't it? Man, Mike likes to get my, hit in the head. I don't have too many scars. I, I take pride in that. There you go. Hey, Dude, I'm curious you, about the... Mike's like, punch mind. me in the head, I'll break your hand. I don't mind. <laughs> I, I, I know. I heard him talking to Rocco. That was hilarious. It <laughs> was funny. I, I tell you, I think the Rockhold uh, Mike uh, lead up to that fight was the funniest shit I've ever seen. Man, Mike I was, was unexpected. You know, I, I, I've seen like Luke's like uh, personality, but I think Mike brought it out of him, bro. So it was, it was fun oh, to see. Oh yeah, he brought a little bit out, but Mike just ate him up in the fucking. Yeah, for sure. When he walks out in the mink and you wipe a booger on his fucking jacket, <laughs> I almost lost my shit, bro. <laughs> I don't even think Luke knew what he did. He was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you don't <laughs> even know what to do at that point. Just try right, to have so, fun so, with it. You know what else? Yeah, of course, it's all of course. People want to see it. Uh, all tactics. Connor's the man yeah. at that shit. You know, he's he, he's yeah. one of those dudes that makes guys get out of their game with those tactics and then easy knockouts. Yeah, and Anthony knows now, right? Like you're selling fights, right? Yo, like, man, yeah, I mean, it's marketing, bro. You got to be able to sell these fights. If not, people don't get interested in them. Well, look why UFC and WWE merged to form TKO. I mean, I I, I don't know, but I'm assuming they're going to do some kind of. But the writers for WWE are probably going to do storylines for UFC just to make the in betweens more entertaining. And it would be genius. You know, them writers are you know already doing it for WWE. You take a little bit of plots and put it over the UFC. That much are more entertaining. Like I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the Fury and Ganyu. Uh, the, commercial the, that just dropped, the like the lead up to the fight. Yeah. No, it was yeah. so fire, right? And people are like, "Man, like that's so far ahead of what what like UFC is doing right now." Yeah. But I think people are going to start copying that kind of stuff as well. Well, the UFC don't have to do it, bro. The UFC's they the don't. UFC's so profitable with what they're doing right now. Watch hands the wheel, like they got that shit on lock. Yeah, and but look, Fury don't either, right? Like that's a yeah. that's a probably a multi hundred million dollar fight, right? For sure, and. They did it anyway because they got the funds to do it, and it just it just hypes people up. Like it's a yeah, skills man. game, man. Like I like it. Else. I think all those fights, yeah, everything that brings eyes on this this sport over here, you know, whether it's boxing, combat, and combat sports in general. I feel like now it's combining. Even the boxers now. I train in Vegas. These boxers are respecting us as fighters now. I go as far with these boxers, and they they respect the game, man. I mean, obviously, I've, I've had I had to train for Roy Jones Jr., so I was like some tough dudes. But I think I think like even with Caleb Plant, I feel like he had respect for MMA. Like 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 he you know, he respected. He actually did. He, Caleb Plant comes from a karate background. Had no idea. So his dad, you know, his dad was teaching karate, and then he transferred over to boxing. But it's cool to see boxing and MMA like coming together like this, man. And, like you know, because the fans the fans cross. Like makes sense. Bud Crawford was a wrestler. Yeah, yeah I know Crawford. Oh yeah. That's but look, so like, so Dana White, right? He was saying something about how bad the Showtime they were trying to show replays of the Charlo Canelo fight and how how bad that production team was and stuff. But the fact that Dana's saying that, uh, and and um, like they don't like you said they don't have to do those videos, but they still did that video. Um, I fucking kind of forgot my point, but the thing is like, <laughs> oh, th this was my point was that. What's funny is you don't see boxers calling out these MMA guys. Not but in MMA, no way. You see yeah, MMA, no. all the UFC top guys, they're trying to get that boxing shine, that boxing limelight. They're trying to get in the ring and box. I mean, every MMA fighter is trying to do it. That boxing bag, basically, bro. That's what, that's what the money's yeah, at. It's that bag. Yeah, for sure. I do, have, I do have a question about this because uh, so Mike was in town, what, last week? Um, and I took him up to train with Roy. 
right? Dope. Roy lives here. And so he, got to, he trained with him. Yeah, you guys are good friends, right? You and Roy are boys. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're good yeah. friends. Remember, I was up on stage yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure, yeah. He fought him. Yeah, I remember he flew out with him. Yeah. yeah. So Roy's, Roy's my boy, man. Obviously, you know it. Fucking legend. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and a great dude, right? Oh, man. Um, so good. What was it like, man, when you, when you finally got that deal done and you're like, all right, like, I'm fighting. I'm a fucking promotion with Roy Jones Jr. It was wild, bro. I was, I was in uh, Cabo, Mexico. It was for my birthday, actually. It was on my birthday. I was on a yacht. And uh, Melky hits me up, like, yo, you, you, uh, we got a boxing, we got a deal coming, it's in April, and it, uh, my birthday's in January, so I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely be ready. I'm like, we got a couple opponents, and he was like, one of them's Roy Jones Jr. I was like, what? Like, the Roy Jones Jr.? Like, no way. But then he was like, he wants to fight at 200 pounds, and at that time, I was like 180, like 185 now, so I'm like, damn. Hey, and Roy was like 245, believe me. I heard, yeah, because he wanted to go like 215. Yeah, I was like, bro, I'm barely making, I was like 185, 190 wet. So uh, I had to put some weight on for that one, too, but like, Fighting, fighting Roy, bro, like, I grew up watching him, man. All respect to that dude, like, what he's done for the game of boxing and what he's still doing, man. Like, he's out in Vegas. He's still sparring with these kids. Like, I, I go to the gyms, and he's still in there sparring with all these, you know, young, hungry killers. So, big respect to Roy, bro. Yeah, so here's one thing that people don't know about Roy, but the first time I ever went and trained with him, and I lived 30 minutes from him, and he's like, yo, because I trained with him for, like, a, a just an exhibition fight in Dubai for fun when I turned 40 years old. I never fought um, at least in that kind of setting. And I was yeah. like, I want to do this. Right. And Roy agreed to do it. And, and I had to fly to Tampa to plant city. Okay. And he was literally at a fucking drug rehab center training a ton of kids for free. Oh, I thought you were saying he was, that's the kind of person. Like, like, like anybody that wanted to show up, got to fucking do a training session with Roy. Yeah, that's man. the kind of shit he does. Yeah, he's an amazing dude, for real. Hey, if you can get him to sign the gloves we boxed in, that would be dope. I got you. My man, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've actually got a couple of pair. I'll send, I'll send it to you. Well, I want the ones that I, that I fought him in. If he could sign, sign one of them, that would be I'll super talk dope. to him. My man. I'll talk to him. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so so uh, putting on, I mean, because you were the lightweight champion at 155. You fought, I don't know how many UFC fights you fight at welterweight, like a couple at 170. I fought, I fought two, at, two at 145, too. I fought Oliveira and Black Max Holloway at 145. You beat Oliveira, yeah. I went down man. all at 145, bro, yeah. But they they promised me a title shot, so I was like, man, 10 extra pounds. Like, at that point, I didn't care about anything but that gold. And I was like, you know what? I'll cut my arm off for it, you know? So I, I died in that weight cut. You know, I beat Oliveira, and then that led me to that Max Holloway fight where it was an interim fight. But I just couldn't make weight back-to-back -back that too close. I, I, I put some fights too close back-to-back. -back. I missed weight. That's my first time ever missing weight at 145. It's funny. People always talk about Dustin Poirier's like resume being one of the craziest, right? Of the people he's fought. Yours is right up there, man. Oh, bro. Like, I, was, I was the first time. one doing that. I fought everybody. You fought him. Time, You've done it all, dog. Yeah, I fought He's on that weedy box for a reason, bro. Yes, sir. Dude, I'll, say, I'll those, say this, Anthony. Kind of 8,000 where I lived. They had Anthony Pez Wheaties boxes here at our little tiny local grocery store, bro. I, I was remember. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They had them. I was like, I remember my daughter. I was walking to the aisle with my daughter, and she's like, "What? What are you? Why are you in the cereal box?" I was like, one of the dopest you know, moments. Of my life. I'd, I'd have been like, yeah. That's yeah. sick, bro. That's cool, man. Hey, I wanted to ask though. So, like, the process of getting up to two hundred pounds. I don't know what you weighed in for Roy. Was it around one ninety five? One ninety eight. But I had my chains and my clothes, on, so I was probably one ninety five. Okay, so like, but you put some weight on and you held yeah. it well. And like, did you do a lot of heavy lifting and you forced yourself to eat what four to six times a day? 
Um, I, I might Kelly didn't take one up from like because when I was cutting weight, I was doing like 22, 24, but then I went up to like 35 to 4,000 calories. And then, um, mm. weight training, I have a guy out here in Vegas that that uh, no, Sean from Project Wellbeing, uh, he's a football, he was comes from a football background, but he, he helped me put that muscle on and make it feel like I could use it. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to get you know jacked and I'm gonna use the muscle in boxing because in boxing, you know, you got to be smooth and loose. And mm. so, I really focused on my legs weight. You know, I started doing a lot of legs, I started, you know, mm. I think built a lot of muscle in the legs, and that's where the weight came in. How much you squat? Did you do heavy I, squat? We don't, we don't really squat like that. Like, all of our stuff is, like, uh, functional strength training. Like, okay. Because I tore my when I fought Ben Henderson. So, my, my left knee has been messed up ever since that fight. The second fight. So, my, my, my squatting, I don't, I don't really try to you know, mess with that knee. I, more, of it, more of it's for functional strength. I'll, I'll show you some of the workouts we do. I'll, I'll send them to you. Hey, sounds great, bro. Check it out, man. I, I put him through some, man. When he was here, I put him through some. Yeah. I took him to my guy who's a, who's a brown belt jujitsu. He's a great. Yeah. He's a functional guy, right? Yeah. Mike's just like, Mike's just like, add weight, add weight, add weight. And I'm like, bro, you don't need to fucking squat 300 pounds. Like, you just need to be strong where it matters because them, them legs is where the explosiveness comes from. Yeah. And it's where most guys can add weight. Yep. Yeah, fact, yeah. I believe in That's why we focus on legs. It worked really well though. Your uh when I came home, my wife and my mom were like, Damn, you look kinda you look swole. I was like, damn, I didn't think I was gonna get swole just lifting this lighter stuff like all these reps. Yeah, I mean for us, man, especially for boxing, bro. Like I think I look at boxing as a marathon and MMA is like a sprint. Like when I when I do my MMA training, it's like quick, right to the point. And then boxing you gotta like progress, find a rhythm, build off a rhythm and like stay in that 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 you know, that zone like third gear I say I like, I like to fight in third gear I never go to fifth and MMA I'm in like fifth and then back to one fifth back to one so it's just a different I guess a different you know it's a marathon yeah how many rounds did you fight Roy was it six or eight 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 eight, eight. that's yeah. big I mean but because it builds up in boxing but like in like BKFC or like a four to a six round fight I yeah. feel like the pace is really pushed especially in BKFC. Yeah. Million percent, yeah. bro. I mean, I saw it's all about that fast explosion. Yeah, it's a little yeah. different. I mean, it's, it's, but but look though, like Canelo and Charlo, the first five or six rounds, they was trying to knock each other out. Canelo was. Canelo was, yeah. Charlo didn't really have any offense. Yeah, I mean, bro, Canelo just watched people down. The first round was one was one punch landed on each side. Yeah. Well, usually mm-hmm. Canelo. To break you down. Canelo finds his range. He, once he finds his range and gets in the rhythm right in front of you, you know the right hands are coming. He's going to use that that hook to set up that big power right, and eventually he's going to catch you. Yeah, that wild left that he throws, that bitch be getting in there. He just so we've had this he, did, he sets that up to throw this one. He's just like gets him to the right side, like kind of like a left high kick to go to the right. Like that's what he's throwing. It's like, uh-huh. So we've had this conversation on here before, uh, Anthony. I want to get your feedback on it. What do you think about like? changing the weight classes a little bit, like for UFC, for example, right? Because, you know, boxing, they're super tight, right? And we saw what happened when Charlo tried to move up 14 pounds. After, like, the third round, he knew he stood no chance of knocking the guy out. So he almost, he became real hesitant, right? But, like, so what do you think about, like, like tightening weight classes in UFC? Because 15 pounds, dude, is a huge fucking difference. Yeah, I think I think it will happen, actually, man. Like, the more, like, a couple years ago, the the 65. They wanted yeah. the 65, so if they wanted to go 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, because you have to bump up welterweight to 75, then 85, 95, 
maybe then from there, yeah, what all would you do with that? Because the 65 was actually something you, you know, might have found yourself in. The right way to do it. If we're going to introduce it, you know, bump, you know, go every 10 pounds. Cause I, because it's from 25 to 55 is 10 pounds. And then 55 to 70, you got a 15 pounder. So that's where the, the, these guys are, should be fighting at 185 or cutting down to 170. So that I can't go fight at 170 because these guys are too big, you know. So it's like, right. that was that, that's that, that's where that happens, you know. So guys like, I mean, there's a bunch of guys at 155 that were like borderline just making Khabib. I mean, Khabib would die every time he made weight. A 65 division would make sense for, you know, a lot of guys. Yeah. Kevin Lee was one that was always, you know, championing that charge for a 65, felt too small for 70, but career 155 or. Yeah, uh, he had that 165 pound division. And um, I think that, Kevin Lee was fighting over there at 165. Yeah. He fought, yeah. yeah, he fought the one time over there, came back to the UFC and just recently. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like even looking at Pereira now. You know, Alex, like you look at him at 205 and then you look at him like when he was training with Sean Strickland for the Izzy fight and you saw them standing next to each other and you're like, how was he cutting to 185? He towers over him. His shoulders are so broad. Like, it's insane. I'll say this, though. Earlier in your career, it's easier to cut weight. Then as you like right. get, get used to it, you start like getting your diet and shit. It's way harder to cut weight. So I feel yeah. like if you are going to go into late, lower weight classes, do it early in your career. Don't do it at the end of your career. Because I, I try to do it at the end of my career and it backfired on me. So Wait, I'm 41. Harder. I think you're, what, 36, Anthony? 36, yeah. Yeah. Mike's 32. Mike's, hey, Mike, your metabolism's about to go to dog shit, just so you know. It's like it's like that 32 to 35 range, man. It's, it gets a lot harder to keep that weight off. For sure, bro. Shit. I, uh, I thought it was at 26. I thought everything changed at 26. But hey, the problem is, too, Mike, you're about to run into is – you, you make you start making more money. You start eating better too. You yeah. start you start going to the fucking steakhouse and getting all the sides. No, but I've been thinking about appetizers. I've been thinking yeah. about um, Conor McGregor. You know his buildup when he he used to cut that weight to forty five, yeah. dude. Like he looked, when you look at his original come up, um, that's what made Nate so big because that's when Nate beat him. But the the first time they fought at one seventy, Conor just bit off more than he could chew with that first set yep. at 170 and um but that weight cut that he did man and he he was so angry all the time hungry he was starving talking shit to everybody uh just it it, it looking back at it like a lot of people had a lot of issues with connor and stuff but a lot of people love him and like if you look at the old stuff that he did it's like wow man you really went for it like i I mean, in BKFC this uh, at the end of the year, I'm going to be cutting that weight again. My last fight was at 185, but I'm going back down, so I'm really going to feel it this time, and I'm excited about it. I think it's going to get me into this mental space that's just going to be like insane athleticism. It's clear thoughts, bro. Honestly, when I cut weight, I feel like that's the most clear I ever think. You know, obviously, you're hungry, and you're like, you know, thirsty for wake up, but the, the, the way I think when I'm cutting weight, that's when I start most of my businesses, bro. When I'm doing my weight cuts, I'm like, uh, just the mind just, you know, <laughs> just, 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 just focus in on some stuff. Damn, I need to, it's interesting. I need to do something. All right, so, so you may not know this, Anthony, but Max a fucking savant when it comes to fights, remembering everything. Oh, yeah? I guarantee you he's watched every one of your fucking fights. Don't don't say I'm lying, Mac. You you might want to be humble about it, but you, I'm telling you, one of the most well versed guys I've seen. Mac, what is probably your favorite Anthony Pettis fight, and then maybe what's one you'd like to see run back? 
Oh, fuck, man. That's a long fucking career. Okay, I didn't like that. I'm not going to lie, Anthony, bro. Wonder Boy's my boy. Uh, I was happy for you, obviously. That's the fight game. You're the only one to ever do that to Wonder Boy. That's a... That's my like for real. I know I know Wonder Boy. That's my fucking boy. But that was the sickest performance. I mean, dude, you came back and like that's the sweetest guy in the world, bro. No one wants to do I'm that so to him. And you can see like in your frustration <laughs> when you bounce off, like motherfucker. I knew it. Like I had to get your ass. Sorry, bro. That one was crazy to me. Even though I was like, God damn, that was my boy. But you know, dude, Donald. Cer- I remember the time you know Cerrone. Um, Man, you it's all over the fucking place. Eddie Alvarez. I need to look down your whole record and see. I want to compare yours and Dustin's, like who you guys have fought, because I believe you two have fought the most big names in MMA, like hands down. Because yes. you fought. You beat Cerrone? Yeah. Twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. Body kick. Body kick knockout. You got your own arm for that shit. Arm bar. Fucking around in his guard, I guess. I don't know. The fuck he got I some good jujitsu. That, that, that cowboy got some good jujitsu, bro. No, for he's sure. He's great. Jujitsu. Oh, bro, the Tony Ferguson fight. I was waiting for you to say that. I was like, Tony oh, that Ferguson. one's fucking nasty. Nice. I'd like to that one run back. That's the one. That's the one I'd want to see run back. Bro, that fucking fight was just... That's one you just... Yeah, standing ovation for that one, bro. You know what I'm thinking? is going to be fun. What was that? Yeah. Ooh. Him and yeah. Patty Pimblett's yeah. going to oh, be a yeah, good yeah. fight. Tony Ferguson and Patty. Yeah, you and Gilbert were on that that DC. I have it. That fucking, the, like, the coolest fight poster they ever yep. did. Yep. It's Marvel, DC, yeah. Yeah, and then Robbie and fucking uh, Hendrix and you and Gilbert. Yep. Right? Yes. I fucking have a copy of it right there in a box. My first title defense when I fought Gilbert, yeah. We came off the Ultimate Fighter show. Okay, so yeah, favorite fight got to be Tony, but favorite KO, Thompson. Yeah, I would say that's my biggest. Honestly, when I look back at my career in MMA, that's my biggest achievement, bro. Like, Wonder Boy was the hardest. Wonder Boy is for real? Yeah, bro. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, there's. I moved, yeah. up, I moved up a weight class, you know, and I, it, was, it was a big challenge. Like, that was my first fight at 170. And I was coming up with a loss at 155, but I'm like, fuck it. If I go to 70, I don't want to go fight a, uh, a bum. I want to fight the best guy next in line. I think he was number three at the time. Yeah, I, he, dude, Wonderboy. yeah. That was. I, yeah, that was. Props, Anthony, dude. Give me, give me, give me two losses in your career where you were like, "I want, I, I want that fucking back because I know I could have won it if I didn't, you know, make a wrong move or I not like, come in." I feel like every loss I have is yeah, like, right. Like, bro, right. something went wrong, and like I don't, believe, yeah, I don't yeah. think no one's better than me at fighting. Just give me two. Give me two that you want. Tony Ferguson, a million percent. Tony Ferguson, man, I broke my hand in that fight, and I, I dropped him, and I, and I tried to overhand right him, and I fucking broke my right hand. Throwing a dumbass punch. I always do that when I when I throw that. Is that bombs. why you were like, was you, were you in pain when you were like? No, I was just about to bring that up. I, like, I, don't, I don't even remember why I did snow. that, bro. I swear. Like when I look back at that, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. It, it didn't it, look cool. It was just weird. It did look cool, bro. It looked fucking it way cool. It looked like two dudes just bros being bros, just beating the shit out of each other. I don't know, bro. You were enjoying I it. Remember that fucking... I, was bleeding. I remember I was bleeding in his face, right? And like it was dripping mm-hmm. in his face. And he's like on off his back, like trying to get away from my blood. I yeah. Like, ah, like, <laughs> that yes. Yes. Yeah. Dude, you and Max at 155 would be interesting. I mean, I'm not answering I your question. That's what I was gonna say. That's my second one. Max Holloway. Max Holloway's the only guy to ever body kick TKO. I never got finished. I always got beat by submissions or my broken hands or some not submissions by decisions or I you know, I get hurt or something. Max Holloway was the only guy that 
body kicked me and dropped me. You know, I felt that shit. I turned southpaw, hit me with a body kick, but I was at 145. I had nothing. I didn't get nothing on me. He hit me with perfect. Your body. liver was fucked up cutting the floor. Uh, I, never, I never felt that before in fighting ever. I was just like, damn, but you can't do nothing. Just get shut down. I was like, that's how Cowboy felt. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do want to ask this question because I was talking to somebody about it the other day because uh, somebody got stopped by a liver kick and I forget who it was, but then I was thinking about like Tank and Ryan Garcia, right? And there's something about this delayed reaction. Oh, it was the uh, Karate Combat fi uh, main event. Matt. Oh, bro, yeah. So um, our champion got kicked. Right? Yeah, when yeah. you get hit in the liver of where like you go forward like two steps and it's like it finally connects to your fucking brain. Mm -hmm. And then they just collapse. What is that feeling like? Because nobody, nobody knows what it feels like unless it's had, unless it's been done to you. That's the worst feeling because you're conscious. Like you know what's going on. You're like making the decision to go quick. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm not a quitter, bro. I'll fight to the head. But when you get hit in the body shot, like you literally just shut down. And I know what's going on. I'm like, fuck. I'm being a bitch right now. But you can't help it, man. Like I don't care who you are. You get in that body like that, you're going down. Like that's it. It takes a while to come back too. At least fans seem to always understand, like, they know that that's true. It's not like leg kicks. They're like, I could take a fucking leg kick, bro. Take one. One. I dare you. you know? um, but, yeah, bro, that shit just shuts you the fuck down. I've never been kicked hard, like, hard enough to do that, but, you know. Yeah. Is it painful or is it just? Nah, it's not even painful. It's more embarrassing, honestly, because I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm, consci I'm conscious of knowing that I'm quitting. And that's like, that was what I was done with. And I was like, fuck, you got me. Like, yeah, I was more embarrassed than I was in pain. Damn. Matt, Matt, we'll be in December. We'll be in uh, Vegas in December, mm -hmm. and uh, Anthony would be happy to fucking put one on you real quick. Dude, <laughs> I, I, yeah, sure. Let's little go for liver, it. Man. Little liver kick. My pleasure. I'll yeah, I do, do that for free for sure, Matt. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So where you, you live, Pettis? You live in Vegas. Yeah, I, mean, I still have my house in Milwaukee, but I'm full time out here in Vegas now, bro. Too much money out here. Ooh, I should have yeah, worn my you, Brew Crew hoodie. Gambling's got it. It looks fun. Man, I gamble, I gamble sporadically. I stopped posting. My, my wife is like, yo, you can't post post gambling no more. Pull back on that. Like, I oh, you can't? Why? You were posting 450,000 wins. That's why. Right. He's like, oh. like, you leave out of town and shit. So oh, like, people yeah. be hating. People be hating yeah. for sure. For sure. No, they roll up on you. But uh, Anthony probably don't even remember this. But like after I first met him, it was like three days later. He hits me with a text at like 1 a.m. And it's just, it's the money counter. He's at the, he's at the, uh, at the counter cash <laughs> money counter. He's going. My favorite, that's my favorite sound right there. It my damn sure sound. is, brother. It damn <laughs> sure is. Anthony and I are both big gamblers. I think we both use one of the, one of the same hosts in yeah, Vegas. Travis, that's but, the yeah, Travis. But yeah, it's funny because nobody's, I always get these pictures at 1 a.m., right? And it's like, but I never get the fucking picture when they get wiped out of the table with them holding out their fucking uh, pockets empty. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't nobody know. ever thinks those. You can't post your losses though. I mean, as long as like for me, I have I've, I've been gambling for a long time, man. So I have like a real strategy on how I play and how I how I do it. Usually blackjack and roulette, and I got you know systems that I go through. The biggest thing I'm gambling is money management. That's where people fuck right. up. Like you come in and you you don't have the money management skills, you're done. Like now you're gambling and not getting too fucked up while you're at. You the don't table. drink. If I'm if I want to make money, I don't drink. If I want to go have fun, play gambling, I'll go play a $25 table, have, have my drinks and hang out. But you damn that's why right. you get free drinks, because it messes, up, right. it messes up the money management part. Absolutely. Okay, Smart. so for all the poor... Oh, no, you go ahead. Go that's ahead, Mike. Free, no, I was just saying, that's free game right there. Free game. Uh, the rule is 102.5. If you come in with $100, you're just playing a $2.50 table. You come in with $1,000, a $25 table. 
ten thousand, two fifty. So as long as you stay true to those and blackjack, you can you'll you'll have enough to last the whole shoe. And I only play double deck, one hundred and four cards. You know, you, you're dealing with forty big cards, forty small cards, and three in the middle. If you can understand that, you understand the game. You play single-handed or double-handed? Double deck only. Oh, I, I'll play, play single. It just depends on how the game's going. Yeah, I play double-handed. I like playing three hands. I do odd hands. I don't do. I do one or three. If I do two, I usually you're, you're going to be fifty-fifty. One wins, one loses. So if you have three hands, two wins, one lose, you're up. Yeah. yeah that's fire, yeah. That's fire. And then roulette. Roulette. Think about roulette. I mean, I'm, it's for another free game, but roulette. So you got. You're talking about. I don't do double zeros. That's the dumbest in the world. Triple zeros, dumbest in the world. Single zero roulette. That you're talking. If you're if you're playing 18 numbers, you have a 51 percent chance of winning. And you know if your money manager is right, you that's 35 to one. If one of the small chips hit, I'm back to normal. But if I hit up with a double one or a triple one, that's where my money gets made. So I I got my numbers, I spread them out, and I, I always play at least 18 numbers. So I got a 52, 53 percent chance of winning on the wheel. But I only use roulette when I win money on blackjack. So I go I I, I work my bankroll up on blackjack. Boom, I take that over roulette, and then I, hopefully I leave with a couple hundred thousand. I just say this, boys. He knows what he's doing. You ever play Baccarat? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. You play Baccarat? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I suck yeah. at Baccarat, though. That's my game. I suck at Baccarat. I, I hate following people. I feel like everybody's like waiting and looking at shit. I, I like to be the leader. I'm like, this is like black tag, man. That's yeah. what it is. You know, like, Dana's one of the best at it, bro. Like, like, it's, if you play high limit stakes, blackjack, and well, you gotta have the bankroll. I think most people don't have the bankroll for that shit, so they're like trying to go. It's really hard to work up from like you know, a thousand bucks. I've done it before, a thousand to a hundred thousand. But it's really hard to do that. It's, it's, it's rare. It's, you got you to gotta be in the right place, right time, the right shoe. Like it's, it's really hard to do that. But if you're coming with 100K and you want to win 100K, you got to money management. Yeah. yeah I'm not That's a such a weird. I'm like, really not a gambler. Yeah, me either. I didn't even me either know. Don't gamble. Like, don't, gamble. Nope. don't gamble. Don't gamble. Don't gamble. That's, that's why, why he hit me the other day and he's like, put the train in. Nah, in Mike, there. come on now. So we're, we're on my boat like last week and my brother's yeah. and he's like, Hey, I need a, a sports betting website. Yeah. Right? I like it. So my brother gives him one. So then Mike's hit me the next day. It's like Sunday. And he's like, yo, I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking this. I'm taking this. <laughs> hey, and Anthony, you know what I said to him? I said, I don't care what you do. Just don't gamble much, man. I've seen more motherfuckers I lose, know. especially sports betting. Right? Sports betting getting worse, bro. Getting into bookies. Like I've seen more, I've, I've seen it ruin lives. Oh That's man. That's what I told Mike. Yeah, sports betting is worse, honestly. I mean, it stay, the same thing, money management. You know, yep. stay in your lane. Stay in your lane when you're betting. And if you're, if you're money, Most people don't have it. Yeah, it's the hardest thing. I mean, money management, money management you can't teach it. Nah, you can't. Uh, I've lost the most on internet blackjack. That's where I've lost the most. Don't play that, bro. <laughs> internet blackjack. Anthony, please tell him how fucking retarded that is. I lose, dude. I lost like a couple that. thousand on, on uh, my Oh, bookie. shit. Damn, don't, don't do that. Sure, that was a long time ago. That's why yeah, I needed a new gambling when you, when you Vegas, to Mike, place bets. Yeah, when you come to Vegas, I'll, I'll, show, you, I'll show you a little system. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious. Like, okay, how the... So if you don't really drink while you're doing it, it doesn't sound like it's just like an impulse, go have some fun. Like, it's like a fucking hobby, almost. It's like it's a, a, what is now, it? I, I keep track of my wins and losses. So I, got, I do mine on a monthly basis, right? So I do yeah, a job. But, so it's, it's like not a, job. a it's not a job I enjoy. It's not a job because I enjoy it. But sometimes it takes me, you know, I, I can go 100K in, in 10 minutes or I can go away in 100K in eight hours. It just depends yeah. how, how it flows. But yeah, when I am when I tell my wife I'm going to gamble, like it's, I'm not drinking, I'm literally it's going business. to. Yeah, it's business. I'm trying to whoop the casino's ass. Me versus him. Hey, when your wife right. goes with you do, you, do you have the same policy I have, which is it's called go away money? 
Oh man, she, she, she walks she up to the table and she's like, go. "Hey, babe, how you doing?" And I'm like, "I said we're in the way. living rooms. We're in the high living rooms. So it's literally just me and her, the dealer, and she's over there in the corner on her cell phone, and I'm just, I'm just busy going." That's interesting. I might be the only dude out there that watches sports, like religiously, baseball, football, MMA. Um, I don't bet like ever. If I remember to, I'd usually put like a ten dollar parlay, just hail mary some shit. Yeah. Like if the Dallas would have uh, won last night, like a seven hundred dollar parlay, but I didn't really expect it. But that's like the most I'll gamble. But I also don't do fantasy leagues, anything like that. I genuinely just watch the sport. Yeah. And I think that's fucking rare now. That's. I mean, honestly, if you can enjoy the the sport for the true purity of it, then you're, you know you're you're, mad. you're actually a fan. If you gotta if you gotta go sweat a game, then you're you're addicted to gambling. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, I even put five bucks on something. I'm I'm more it's into like, it. I'm like, oh, you gotta it's win. You gotta win it's fun. When you got when you got some personal you know skin in the game, yeah. it makes everything better, bro. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I do. I, I got another question about this because we were talking about like you were talking about how you're you're a fan, right? You're a true fan. Yeah. You don't gamble like most people now. It, look, for me, I love NFL. I've watched it my entire life. But honestly, when I when I quit gambling, I watch the Titans. That's my team. I'm not sitting around watching the fucking Browns and Bengals on Thursday night. I'm not right. But I'm still a fan of the NFL. And Mac, you'll you'll probably understand what I'm saying. Everybody will. But but Mac will really get it. What is the fucking deal with all of the UFC hardcore fans calling everybody casuals because they don't go and break down film and they don't watch the fucking random undercard fights right like what's the deal with this is it some kind of like superiority thing Mm, mostly it depends on who it comes from dude it's like most of the time just like a joke like i'll call people casuals but only like like if there's a pay-per-view coming up dude and no one's watching it and your favorite fighter is conor mcgregor and ronda rousey like yeah you're you would be a casual but it's like a joke there are people that gatekeep right and they're like oh you don't know fucking Ubakar from Dagestan fighting in the early prelims? Like, no. Like, you fucking can't. Not many people say it with true vitriol. It's usually kind of just like a joke. Like, oh, weird. Conor McGregor card? You haven't asked me about MMA in a couple months, you know? It's kind of just like a joke. I'm assuming like, it's fighters. I've never said like, it to anyone, like, gatekeeping shit. I don't give a fuck if you watch fights. I just, I just see it a lot, dude. I see it a yeah. lot in the comments, right? And they're just like, like they're, they got, like, anger towards the casual fan, which is weird to me because I would assume like Anthony and Mike are like, they don't call fucking people casuals. It's like, yo, if you're watching me, great. You know it's what I mean? social media, I think bro. More time, yeah. And more right. times than not, I think it's newer fans getting into it. And then like, let's say you and your boy started watching MMA together, kind of, but you're way more into it. But you kind of started that journey together, essentially. I don't know. And he's behind. You might be fucking start calling people casuals. I don't know, dude. When people get into MMA, they act, they get balls deep in it a lot of times, bro. And then I feel like they try to like isolate themselves into a group where you look at like the real hardcore fans. We don't give a fuck. None of us give a fuck. Pettis, if I ever quick, say casual, quick I'm question for Pettis. Who who do you want to see me fight in BKFC? Bro, there's you versus uh, what's what's uh what's the dude that just oh the the champ right now uh. What's the dude's name? Lorenzo, oh, Lorenzo Hunt. You're talking about Juggernaut? Damn. Juggernaut, bro. That's Hunt. a tough one. <laughs> you going up in yeah. 205? Well, what, is, what is Hunt? What, what is Lorenzo walking Well, I thought he's like a double champ at 205 and at 185. 80, 85, yeah. That's why, that'd be a good one, bro. But his last fight, yeah, it might have been he's 185. That, that'd be a fun one to watch, bro, because, I mean, 
He gets hit, but he can't. You know, I respect he's, he's it. No, I respect but, that yeah, answer. Yeah. He's that's a dog fight. He's that's good. a dog fight. Yeah, that's a dog yeah. fight right there. That'd be, be very entertaining. That's real. I was talking about like a famous person. Well, a more famous. Oh, famous. Like, famous. Okay, let's see. Hmm. Maybe just Bro, a, people. A white. They don't want a bare knuckle. They don't want a bare knuckle box though. Right, that's just right. that's just different, man. That's just that's yeah, a savage. That's, that's some savage shit right there. My hat yeah. goes off to you, man, bro. Like that's some savage ass shit you guys do over there, right? I respect you. Thank you, sir. But like, uh, chat what uh, on the undercard? Because I went when the uh, on the Luke Rockhold card, it was you and Luke, and it was Mendez and Alvarez was the undercard, which is a great fight too. Like, yeah, man. dude, that was mean. Yeah, Mendez is Mendez is a beast, bro. Yeah, Alvarez too. Alvarez comes from a wrestling background. So put them you know, throw them hands like that. You gotta respect that too. I fought Alvarez. Right yeah, after, uh, yeah. He, right after I lost to, well, after I lost to RDA, he beat me by decision. Yep. I'm going to read off some of like the, the notable names you fought just for the viewers listening. So I don't have to Google this shit because like, it's yeah. truly fucking and ridiculous. And beat RDA. Yeah. 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 Oh, that. And then Connor made him look like nothing. Right. In New York. I was there. I was like, wow. Crazy. What's your stadium you ever fought at? What's your favorite location you've ever fought at? Japan, bro. That's the time arena, bro. That was insane. You the fought in Japan? Fought in Japan, bro. It was like 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. I fought Joe Lozon, head kick knockout, first round. Nasty Dang, too, like nasty, nasty. That's crazy. That was my. That's how I actually got my my title run. I, I knocked him out, and then right after that, they were like, "All right, Cowboy was kind of making his run." run. And then Ben Henderson won the belt. And I, I beat Ben at WEC, and I was like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, how's this guy in the champ? And I already beat him. So I got Cowboy and boom, right to bed. It's so funny to me, dude. People still think the Showtime kick was a KO. Do people do that to your face a lot? Yeah, they tell you that. Best knockout ever. I, I take it, though. I'm like, yeah, it was dope. Yeah, I fucked <laughs> up. I thought, he did. I thought that Benson won that fight by decision. I thought I, I didn't. I forgot that they gave it to you by decision. Maybe that's where I mixed my head up because I knew it wasn't a finish. But you yeah. did get the call at the end. That's that's good, man. Yeah, yeah Benson survived surprisingly. But Josh, that kind of tails back to your question. If I ask somebody, "What's your favorite knockout?" They're like, "Oh, dude, the Showtime kick. You know, with the blue mat. That show. I'd be like, casual. It's not even fucking head kick. <laughs> the blue and mat. He's on the Wheaties box, bitch. <laughs> like, all right, let me grab two beers and be right back. I'd have been like, "That's a good one, actually. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good highlight, man." Nah, bro. I was. I mean, still dope. He he definitely was rocked, but he didn't he didn't get knocked out. Cause I hit him with my foot. If I would hit him with my shin, it would have been a done one. Like I was, he was just a little too far to get my shin around him. Uh, so, so oh, go ahead, Mike. Real quick about about the Roy Jones fight. So what what was something in the fight that you noticed that he was doing that just made it so difficult for you? His first fa his his fast twitch, bro. Like his his first punch got there really quick. Like it was like mm. I think he like I, when I watched back the fight, he was making me bite on a rhythm. So he would wait for me to like, like he would he would counter off of whatever I was doing. So if I if I were to do like a rhythm check, he would go. Or if I do like a jab check, he'd go. So it was like I, I was trying to figure out how to how to how to stop that honestly. So my coach, like when we went in that fight, we knew we weren't we weren't gonna knock out Roy Jones Jr. Like all right, so we gotta go outpoint this guy. We gotta go out, look better, move. If we got in the clinch, make it you know make it dirty in the clinch and push him off. So I did a lot of push offs. Like when he was when he would come at me, because I mean he was way bigger than me. You know, I, I knew that. So I was like, I can't stay in the clinch and fight him in there. So my coach's game plan was like, we're gonna outpoint him, we're gonna punch a lot and and you know, 
move around him basically because he, he fought Mike Tyson before me. I'm not gonna knock him out. So we're just being realistic. Like, yo, this is let's just go out point him. We have a smart game plan, and uh, you know, I think that's what we did out there. That's great, man. Yeah. You're a really smart guy. Yeah, you gotta, you got, you wait, if you're going to fight Roy, you got to think your way around the ring. You got to, bro. Yeah, I mean, he hit me with a left hook. It was the seventh round, bro. I, I, heard, I heard bells. I, I never heard that in MMA. I never, I've never been rocked in MMA. Like, I've never yeah. had a guy, like, I've got cut and shit, but I've never been where I was like, yo, my, like, I, I couldn't see where I was at. He hit me, he hit me with a tech hook, bro. And I just, like, everything was, like, loud. I was like, oh, shit, let me get my, gather my thoughts and get back to the game plan, get on his bike and touch the move. But, yeah, he. He caught me with a nice left check hook. And it, it was another thing, like, off that rhythm. That was the one he was, like, he was waiting for me. And I was like, whoo, big left hook. And I, I I think he hit, like, in the ear, in the back of the head. But it was like, man, it was like, after I heard I heard, I heard, heard bells, I was like, yo, that's different. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, I think he has the greatest highlight reel of all time. Bro, and the longest highlight reel, bro. Yeah, honestly, right. I <laughs> He's doing, yeah, like he's spending it forever. They're every weight class, bro. He's a monster, bro. That's a legend, legend, legend. You of got game, a bro. dub, man. You got a dub over him, bro. That's, that's how big it, you bro. Are, I'm the bro. first. I think I'm the first ever boxer to make their debut against a champion and get a win. Heavyweight champ boxer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that's like all right. So that's a question for me. So when you're looking back, right, ten years, fifteen years from now. Yeah. And you're like, you're talking to your kids about it, right? Like, that's got to be up there with some of your bigger UFC wins, just as far as like legend status. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like the, the, the baby boomer and a little older than any generation appreciates it, pre, appreciates it of way course. more than these new guys. Like, they're like, oh, of course. are you fighting this guy? Like, I'm like, we, you don't know what he's done. Like, this guy is yeah. a fucking killer. Like, it's, yeah. yeah so I feel like, yeah, the, I get more respect from like the, 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 the older crowd on that, on that fight because they know who Roy is. And I feel like the younger crowds, you know, like this guy, this guy, Mac was his hand. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying for you, personally. Oh, for me, bro. Yeah, right? I mean, Roy Jones Jr., bro. Oh my god, like, and it's probably one of the better wins. <laughs> it took away my legs, and my legs is everything I, you know, I, I started with. So I literally, I, I, I've been training boxing this whole year. So I plan on going to box all next year. I'm gonna do three or four fights next year, like real fights. I want to fight like some real boxers. So, right. so that's that's the next goal for me is going into boxing. I'll, I have one more uh, MMA fight with PFL. So I'm, uh, I'm under my contract with them, do my PFL fight, but I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, Box, box is what I'm, what I'm focusing on, man. So I think. Uh, I, so I didn't know this. Yeah, so no one knows. You got no a contract with PFL right now? Do you know who you're fighting or no? No, no, I, I'm on their pay per view format. So on February, when Francis Ngano fights and uh, Judah Kayla, Kayla Harris fights, I'll be on that card as well. We don't know who we're fighting. Um, okay. Cedric Boombe just won out of a. Uh, out of a, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I like that. That one right there, that, that gets me excited. Like that a guy like that will make me wake up and go hit these miles in the morning and go train because I mean he's a killer. So uh, that that one excites me. Um, shit, we get Mike Perry over there in, in the PFL. That excites me. <laughs> Are you done with MMA, Mike? Um, well, I'm I'm pretty locked in on this new BKFC contract, but it does yeah, give me money, freedom. Bro. It gives me freedom to range. Uh, I can have, a, like, I plan to possibly fight in my own organization and I can uh, touch in boxing. And, you know, I kind of always wanted to get on, you know, in that boxing ring and, and redeem myself. I did that triangle, triad combat <laughs> yeah, yeah. with Metallica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I fought a 27-3 and three pro boxer. That was a good fight. And then I had my three bare-knuckle fights. And, and people try to discredit me because 
MVP and Luke Rocco didn't have experience in bare knuckle boxing, but I fought Julian Lane, who had nine bare knuckle fights, and you know I learned a lot from his little crazy. Bro, MVP, ass. MVP is a monster in the boxing ring. You see all his boxing fights? I mean, obviously you fought him, but like he, yeah, can box. Can box, bro. Yeah, I mean yeah, we that, had a that was a big one. I was very excited to fight him. He's that type of guy, you know. I got up and did those miles, you know. Facts, yeah, for sure. All right, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Anthony's brother Sergio, smoking yeah. on fire wow. right now. Wow, right? Bro, I've been telling everybody since he was first started. I'm like, wait till this kid knows how good he is. Because I, I mean, I spar with him. He's one of the only guys that gives me problems when I spar. Like, he, he rocks. He 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 rocks me in sparring. Like like he's too fast. Good. He's just little, man. He's so like, he, he knows how to find his range. He gets inside there. He's in and out. Like, but he came from Taekwondo like I did. He wrestled in high school. He's kickboxed with Duke. He uh, trained with Ben Askren, uh, jiu-jitsu his whole life. So he's a well-rounded martial artist, bro. And, and the thing about him is he, he wants to win. Like he, he, like, he wants to win, but he wants, let me say it like this. I, I think uh, Frank Muir just told me this. He was like, the foreigners, they fight not to lose. And Americans fight to win. So like we get caught up in that, oh, shit, I want to go impress somebody and do something crazy. And, like, you know, the Russians, no, nah, they're fighting not to lose. Like, I'll take you down, grab your wrist, and punch you in the face every time. I think Sergio has a little bit of both. So he has a little bit of flash, but he also knows how to, you know, control the round and, and, and when he needs to pull back. And me, I get caught up in, like, that crazy flashy shit, and it backfired on me. But also, you know, it also gave me that Wheaties box with a Showtime kick, but you know, sometimes it doesn't go your way. All right, tell me one story about when you whooped his ass when when he was younger. Bro, we, oh my God, he's gonna get mad about this. One. Good, uh, so a long, long good. time ago. Because hey, we're ago. gonna have him on here later. Right, and we'll he'll remember this one. He'll remember this one. It's a long time ago. At, like, I don't know how many girls back. Like one of his first girlfriends, but he like loved this girl. Not loved her, but he was like really like infatuated with her. He, he was like all about her. But me and him were playing basketball, and I'm like, I was better than my basketball. So I'm like crossing him over, and just talking mad shit to him. And I'm like, oh, you know, you gonna go cry? You gonna go get your, you know, go go to? I forget her name. I don't that. But we gonna go to her. And he goes down. Like I cross him, he falls, and he bites my ankle, bro. Like just literally <laughs> bites my fucking ankle. And I'm like, bro, what the heck? You just did that for real? And we go in a house, and he's like telling my mom like what happened. And I'm like still making fun of him a little bit, like oh, like you know, just just, just giving him shit like a big bro. He cocks back and hits me in the right hand, <laughs> in the face, right in front of my mom. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, hold on, you just did that, bro. I was so pissed, but. That was one of those moments where, uh, yeah, me and Serge, I, I, I want to say I whooped his ass. Like, my dad died when I was 15, and Serge was only uh, nine years old at the time, man. So I think when that happened at 15, like, he got killed in the house robbery. Across the street from my house, bro, like, it, it, at that time of my life, you know, I was like, me and Serge weren't that close. But right when he died and, like, that that thing happened, I was like, yo, this little kid, I got to look out for him, man. Like, I'm his dad now. Like, I'm his fatherly figure. And I took him under our wing after that. So like, we were really close, you know, from, like, 15 to, to, to now, man. Even now, like, he lived with me forever. He was, you know in my house and, and you know, training together. Like we, we had a, a great relationship, you know, tied with me to martial arts. But I think when my dad died, like I said, like I, I took him under my wing, man. I had to like, you know, big bro, not big bro, but like just make sure he, he, had, he was okay. And now to see what he's doing now, bro, he's getting married next year, bought a house, like camp of the world, job, like man. You did a great yeah, job. I, I so, yeah, appreciate that, bro. That's one of my proudest moments, honestly, bro. My little bro, let us know that I led that way for him to, to live life he has. Hey, you never, you never forget where you come from. I always see you posting, you know, you, you're there to visit your pops, you know, you're always there and shit, and I've always, it's always mad respect, bro. Yeah, when I won the belt, I won the belt in my hometown, bro, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so like right after the arena, I took that right to his gravesite. I remember that. that. Pig, I, 
Yeah, everyone was like, damn, that's a real, that's a real one. But I told him, I remember right before the fight, I went to his grave, and my pops, you know, look over me. And I never asked him, like, let me win. Like, let me just fight my best fight. Let me just beat, you know, my mm-hmm. best version of me. And then after that win, bro, I was like, I'm bringing that belt back. And shit, I did it, bro. I was like, well, another proud moment, man. I did some cool shit in my life, bro. It's, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The next one's yeah. the best one. That's what I always say. I, I'm not done yet either, bro. I'm still building. No. I'm still building. So you said you were going to fight. You got a you got a PFL fight lined up. You just don't know who it is yet. Then you said you wanted to do three or four more boxing matches over the this next year. Year. This year, I, I'm gonna do three or four this year. Names, man. Who, who man, I want to fight some real boxers. Actually, I think I'm gonna yeah. take because I fought Roy in April. I, I want to get another boxing. Like I don't know, I'll probably maybe an MMA guy, depending on who's 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 available. Because I mean, there's so many opportunities right now, bro. If you're a free agent, fighters out there. If you're a free agent, opportunities out there. Um, but uh, I, I want to fight you know, one more boxing fight. Just get my get back in the mix again, and then I want to fight some real boxers. Honestly, I think I, I, I'm trying to make a run at 168. There you go. Close mouth. They asked, uh, they asked, what's his name to call his shots? And he's like, ah, I don't like to call shots. I just like to show up when they ask me to come. And no, call your fucking shot, man. You just did it. So, like, you know, like, come on, bro. I'm trying to fight everybody, too. I'm, I want to fight some real boxers. I want to fight some, I want to fight everybody. Oh, man, I got there's some real boxers at 168 that love to fight us, bro. And and man, that's you're on that weight class too. Oh. Hey, this is a great this is a great point that Mike just made because I hit him up. Um, and I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna name names, but somebody just won a fight and uh, you were Mike just was like, Yo, name names. No, no, no. Hang on. But I'm I'm not going to. Mike can name names if he wants to. I'm not in the position to name names. Bobby said, Green. He left me on I red. Said, hit him up. Are you want me to name names? Bobby Green, uh, he left me on red. I was like, right. come on the show. I said, yeah, tell him. Uh, yeah, I was like, come on the show. And he opens it. Uh, they had me, look, they had me on here. We was looking uh, because you wasn't able to come on on Friday, right? So, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going through my phone and I start Instagram calling I, Kevin Holland, uh, Sean <laughs> Strickland, uh, uh, Joaquin Buckley. He had a fight uh, last yeah. night or whatever. And uh, he got the dub, uh, not maybe to the best of his ability. He didn't get the big KO he wanted, but uh, hey, Morano's Alex, a beast. Though. The guy he fought is a beast. I fought that Alex Morano is is tough, man. He usually fights better the harder you hit him. Yeah, you then, last then I got a Facetime from like my boy Jen Gates, and he was with Gilly the Kid. So I was like, oh, oh that's yeah. that's fire, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know man. Gilly? Yeah, of course, bro. Hell yeah, yeah. he's at all the fights too. He'd be at all the boxing, too. Yeah. Hey, but, but back to the point I was making, he's like, yo, Bobby left me on read. And I was like, well, just, I'm, I'm fucking with him. And I'm like, well, just tell him you fucking fight him then. And Mike, Mike responds real quick and says, he don't get to call his shots. <laughs> but, but that's, hey, but that, but that goes back to the position you two are in, right? Thanks. You don't have anybody over you anymore. You get to call your own fucking shots. That's a big deal. Yeah, for sure, man. Free, the freedom of that is uh, is actually is very free, man. When I was in the UFC, no, nothing wrong with the UFC. I love the UFC, but that was my home. Like, they gave me everything. But you are, like, a lot of short – like, when I fought Tony Ferguson, it was, like, 21 days notice. Uh, it was you know, a, lot, a lot of, like, little short things like that. And if you'll say no, then let's, let's get you to the next the next time you know, your number comes up. So that the, the fighters know, like, how much money they're making. They know how to you know, live off of that, that amount of money. But when you get, uh, you know, two checks to one check, that's when you get desperate. I see a lot of fighters get desperate when they get one check and they take fights they shouldn't be taking. Um, and 
I just uh, advice for fighters, man. Like save your money and, and fight when you need when you want to fight, not when you need to fight. Like it shouldn't be about the money. If it's about the money, you're gonna it's a slow it's a slow road to death. That was gonna be one of my questions for you and Mike. I mean, that was kind of you're just giving in general fight you know advice to fighters, and you know these are two guys you clearly should listen to. Uh, Pettis is a lot higher up on that scale, if I'd have to say so myself. That you know, because I would have been like, you know, fucking spend it, act like you're gonna get billions, and fucking just act like you're the <laughs> shit, and and it's the easiest job in the world. Obviously, I might not know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I'm still battling. <laughs> I'm out here. I think I got another ten years of big ass fights in me. So hell yeah, at least. At least. So then, what's your advice, Anthony? Um, to let's say let's to make it specific, fighters that are in the UFC maybe coming to the end of their UFC career or are thinking about free agency. What's some uh, advice you'd give those fighters? And you too, Mike, because you guys have both smashed it. You two are people that left the UFC. You guys are killing it. It's a scary position, bro. Because like you know, like when you're you know, UFC's cut with five fights, four fights, three fights. But like when you come down to those last couple of fights, you know performance matters, and that's for your negotiation lies in your performance in your last you're only as good as your last fight and that's the game of, of, of fighting um so i feel like when i did it i was like I, I knew i was gonna go to a free agent free agency but i've done so much in my career bro. i got these belts and shit i'm like man like okay what else can i do with this company i fought everybody at the time i fought i went up to 170 because i couldn't fight nobody else at 55 i went to 45 and i was like yeah i'm not never doing that again so i was like in this position where i was like yo like I, i've kind of done everything i could with this with this company and they blessed me you know crazy yo, they in a way allowed me to buy my mom a house bro like so like i, I owe that dude all the respect and you know he's a good friend of mine but um when, it, when it's coming down for fighters when it's coming down to that uh those last couple of fights man like it, bet on yourself bet on yourself and 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 you know it, for me i mean Sergio too when Sergio left the, the Bellator like or when I left the UFC to go to Bellator and shop around he was nervous as fuck he's like man I don't know if I'm gonna leave like I'm like bro like we are prize fighters prize fighters like that's what we are for, here for we are here to win a prize and if that prize is bigger somewhere else it is what it is business man and uh, I think um, you know a lot of these 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 young the younger fighters are they're afraid to get to that spot and I mean and maybe they don't need to get to that spot yet right like, get get do what you want to do with the UFC if you want to be a champ of the UFC go all for it man because like once you're on this side of it that 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 that, that changes like that 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 what that means changes mm. well I would say that I mean I feel like I heard a little bit of what I was thinking in in your answer and um you know, the fight itself, the fights themselves, that's a part of the journey. Like me, I think I did a lot of my growing in the UFC, and that's where I had like an up and down career. But all I did was just fight, fight, fight. Like there's guys that have been there for more than 10 years, and they don't have 15 UFC fights. They don't have as many as I had. And I just fought, fought, fought. Like when I got there, I fought three times in four months. And I lost the the decision to Alan Joban. So I, I went in there to scrap it out, thinking everybody's going to meet me in the middle and we're going to fight. And then Alan Joban was like, I'm smart. And I see, you know, he watched my two first fights or whatever. And he's like, oh, I, I'm going to just poke this guy and fucking run around and poke him. And he said I'm smart. <laughs> you know, he fucking had you know, he did what he was supposed to do to get the win. So in my opinion, 
you know, I did my growing there. I fought. I was real. I kept it real. I grew. I grew a fan base, and I didn't see it like the way that I thought I did. Like in my head, I dreamed of getting these big fight purses. I I never cared about anything but getting paid to fight, which to me meant. Uh, proving myself and being like, look, you get what you pay for when you get a platinum Mike Perry fight. I'm going to get in the ring and I'm going to fucking battle it out, dude, uh, with everything I got. And now, finally, after the all the UFC fights and everything, every every loss was a lesson. I learned a lot. And then I got my mind in the right place. And, you know, God has a lot to do with it where God was like, okay, in a way, I've always been a boxer in there beating up these MMA guys, which is the same thing Jake Paul and them are doing, where they're boxing in the boxing ring against MMA fighters. And I was always a boxer in the cage fighting MMA fighters where they were allowed to kick, elbow, knee, grapple. And I had abilities to put... I put mostly I put the hands on people. That's how I got all of my knockouts, 11 or 12 or 13 of my knockouts is with the hands pretty much. So, you know, I think that if you're a fighter, man, you got to tell yourself that you love it and every part of it. And you got to find out what you're good at and work on that, what you're best at. And uh, when you get in the cage, just, you know, enjoy like, the aggression of it and let yourself be free and fight with everything you got every time you get in there, period. Yeah, big facts. I think um also the UFC gives these guys a, a place to launch their career. Like Mike said, me and Mike wouldn't be in this position without the UFC. Like he got to make right. his name in the UFC, my name over there. So it allowed us to get to this position. But we did it we did what we had to do. Mike they don't make him like me and Mike no more for like now now there's there's athletes coming into mixed martial arts. Now there's a choice to be a mixed martial artist. Like they're 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 choosing over stick and ball sports to become a fighter because it's the glory's behind it. They're, you know it's on TV. It's talked about every weekend. Man, Dana White owns three nights of the week. He got Tuesday night Dana White Contender Series, the slap fights, UFC. Like it's it's a big it's it's, it's popular right now. You get Mark Zuckerberg doing jujitsu. You got Elon Musk talking about doing you know MMA fights. Everybody's into this shit now, man. So I feel like. They don't make the, the fighter era of MMA starting to weed out slowly. You're starting to get athletes coming in and they're starting to look at it like a business. They're starting to look at, hey, I can, I don't need to fight, you know, four or five times. I can fight twice. And like, look at boxing, man. Mayweather, the reason why Canelo fights on, you know, uh, last month and May 5th, like, and Mayweather, they hit same, same setup two times a year. It's easy to do. It's easy on your body. Not easy to do, but it's, it's not as hard on your body. You're not going to make a mistake in between. Whereas MMA guys, like, we just got to take the fights when they, when they give them to us. So I feel like, um, like going back to that point though, in the UFC, if you are in the UFC, build your name, man. Like that, that is a marketing machine, and if you are part of that machine, it's gonna go. Your, your name's gonna get built, and based on what you do in, the, in those fifteen minutes or twenty five minutes in that in that octagon in the UFC, your, your career after that. That's what that's what that's just building that career after that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I have I got thought of like five questions during both of your answers one isn't even a question i remember the alan joban fight mike that was funny because i thought that fight was gonna be a banger because alan joban traditionally bro he's you know pretty as shit he's like a model for versace or whatever he'd bang bro he'd go in there and bang a lot of times i'd be like holy shit but he was kind of like well not not with perry though <laughs> he didn't yeah. want to bang with you i remember thinking that was funny and i don't blame him um 
And then the other part, I'm curious. So you obviously fight in PFL, and uh, so I'd like to hear about your experience with them so far. What you know, what you tell fans from an honest perspective, however honest you want to be. Uh, how yeah. do you like it at PF- PFL? And then on top of that, Cedric Dumbay, right? So there was like a big public discourse on social media's uh, MMA communities um, since his fight that like the UFC essentially fumbled him. So this goes like to your marketing thing about UFC. You know, I'm one of the people I think the UFC does what they do. They know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, I think they they kind of messed up on him. I know the French commission didn't they thought he was too inexperienced to fight and they thought Cedric going to the UFC is fucking ridiculous if PFL will pay him what like um, 100k more for that one fight it was like Something like that, right? I think he got 125K. They offered him 2020 for UFC. Yeah. Yeah. What people I don't think understand is I'm like, well, but you guys are just looking at two. Yeah, one paycheck. But if you become like the champion of UFC, you're going to make far more than that million dollar payout at the end if you win PFL. That's just fucking facts. So people like look over that shit. Not necessarily. What do you think, man? I mean. Not necessarily, but you got you got to you got to win. It's like taking a gamble. The is paying out in a way that these other guys ain't, and there's champions in the UFC that ain't making shit. Elaborate, like tell me, tell the fans all this shit because the UFC doesn't have to because they're the ones with the views. People are automatically gonna tune in, and um, you know they're not. There's only a couple guys really getting the money. And, and I feel like even still, they're getting the money from outside of the UFC. Their fight purses aren't super crazy. Yeah, that's a big, that's definitely big, man. I mean, when I was in the UFC, my sponsorships were insane. But my, my, the work I had to do for them sponsorships was like taking away from my fights. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm, a, I'm hired to go to these parties and shake hands and take pics. And like, it takes away from my training. Like, I'm a, like when I come back, I'm like, I'm a prize fighter. I should be getting my biggest chunk from prize fighting. And then the rest should come second to that until I build these businesses up because now these are going to take over that. But but when I was fighting, like, all right, uh, when I went to the PFL, you know, I, I just decided, you know, I didn't know where I was going to go yet. They came in with a ridiculous offer, but it was a tournament format. I'm like, man, tournament format is, it's not, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, it's good for younger guys that are hungry as fuck and they want to get in there and like, yo, I'm training every day, all day. But a guy that's established and, you know, that has, that has, that has, Done what he, I've done in my career. It was really hard for me to transfer into that tournament circuit. Because the first you've fight, done, I felt great. I you've great done training. the two fights in one night thing already? No, no. I, I did five. They, they, they changed the like a season tournament that gets you to the $1 million so final. You started in April, and you fight every five weeks. And you got to fight four yeah. times. But you only got five weeks between your fights. So literally, That's you train your first fight. And the second fight, you're just recovering. And then you got to do your cardio to, to make weight again. So it, it put a lot of stress on my body. I definitely wanted that belt. But, bro, I'm telling you, that's the hardest format of mixed martial arts out there right now. Like, the guys that are winning, winning these things, I respect them, bro. It was like that, putting your body back-to-back five weeks, five weeks. Even sometimes it was, like, three and a half weeks. Like, you gotta, you just got to be ready. If you, like, the whole season last year, I had a broken hand. I broke it before the uh, the uh, the season even started. I spin back fist. I was training at Syndicate Martial Arts here. Uh, Nathan Levy, I think his name is. I hit, yeah. his, I hit his elbow, boom, and I, I, I fractured like this little small part of my hand here. So the whole the whole season, I had a broken hand, and I couldn't pull out because then you don't, you know, it was like, yeah, I went to next year, like no way. Like, so I, yeah, I, I did the, I did everything I could, did the stem cells, you know, did everything I could in my hand. And the first fight I won, second fight was three, you know, five five weeks later. It's just so hard to turn around, man. Like you, you know, Mike, like when you win, you're like on on top of the world, bro. Like I, I want to go, I want to enjoy this, and then. 
you can't because you got to go right back to camp. You got to go right back to the grind. So I'd say the, 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 the format of PFL is the, the toughest. But um, as far as a business, man, they know what they're doing, too. They're, man, look at the fundraising they're doing. If you can fundraise like that, like you put yourself in a different position. And and 10% for, for, for what they got is, man, I don't know how that deal even you know, came about. But I'm, power to them. I love that the PFL is doing what they're doing. It gives the fighters more options. The more options fighter has, the better it is for the whole community. Let me ask. Let me ask about this because this is one thing people talk about all the time. I think there's. I've heard different stories, but you talked about the sponsorship. I think both of you would have been. Pettis, you for sure. Mike, I think were you both in when they went to the Reebok deal and cut your guys' sponsors? Bro, I was the first sponsor fighter by Reebok. So I went before they got the Reebok deal. I was sponsored by Reebok, and they were paying me good money every year. But I think I was like almost one fifty a year, but just straight from Reebok. So yeah. before they came over, I did the uniform deal. So I was, like, when the uniform deal came over, I didn't really care because I was already sponsored by Reebok. So I was like, oh, good. Like, I'm going to rewear this shit anyway. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, a, but everybody he's else, such an OG. He was wearing, you know, all the all the brands on his shorts and shit back in the day. I never fought when that was possible. But when I came in, I had, like, two fights, and then they um, they had done the deal. Like, I debuted, and then they did the deal with, um wme img uh the fratitas sold it and then they finally uh so like um who the old matchmaker i forget the old matchmaker the short joe silva joe silva joe silva he matched me up a couple times i got to work with him a couple times and then the fratitas switched uh Boom, they, they made the changeover, and then WME set everything up. That's when we did the retreat. Uh, got to meet Kobe and shit, and, and Robert Hirschbeck from Shark Tank. And uh, that was a good time back then, man. But, you know, yeah. that, that was I, – I felt like I was 10 years old. Like, I'm just now, oh. like, 21. <laughs> you but Max, get back to that. Oh, Max, yeah, get yeah, back yeah. to that. Like the, uh, I, I come from both sides of that. So like when when the Reebok thing came around, I had fighters like just guys that I've managed that I you know came, that came up with me that were on the undercard. That it would be so hard for them to get a sponsor. So for them to get like a you know five leads from Reebok, it helped them guys so much. And and they didn't have to go try to collect that check. Cause like man, on the undercard, like when you were doing your own sponsorships, I'd be like, oh, right, how much you want to sponsor me for five Gs? I put a logo on there, boom. But I had to go collect the check. I had to make sure I got paid, and I had to pay the taxes and all that shit. And it's a whole like, for the lower level guys, it's better to have this. For the higher level guys with some names, they, obviously they, they you know they would want to have their own shit. But it's just a different. It, it's how do you play the the medium? So I think the lower level guys benefited big time from that. Yes, well, seeing like, dude, that's why I argue because like I ne- I'm not a shill for anything, but like I think of things from both sides, and so like yeah. you hear all the time, a lot of hardcore fans go, "Oh, dude, the UFC fucked everyone. They fucked everybody." This guy used to make Brendan Schaub, you know, famously said he used he lost like hundreds of thousand dollars each fights from sponsorships, and so yeah. people just embedded that in their head that every single fighter was losing that, and I was like, you think, literally, like the opening prelims dudes are making hundreds of K off condom depot like no dude it's helping out far more than it's probably really hurting and like you just that i've always kind of thought that and you know i'm, I'm not saying well they're trying they're trying man. to like be considered like an nfl or an nba and and they they have a uniform and they have like um yeah like a structure like right but if you were an up-and-comer and you made it to the ufc 
you could instantly walk into a business and be like, I'll put your logo on my shorts and you can't do that anymore. That, that logo was just it wasn't, walking, easy, Mike. Was that, it wasn't that easy, bro. It wasn't, it that, wasn't easy. that easy. Nah, not back then, bro. Like it was a wild, wild west, bro. Like no one you saw all these sponsors. No, what is, it was up to the fighters to collect the money and their agent. And like now, now it's like, for sure, if you were popular, that was that was the deal. Like, all right, I can go into like, But if you were just in the UFC, the UFC was still trying to build up. They weren't even in a spot where, like, the UFC wasn't as famous as it is now. But, like, now, Brian, you know, anybody here is like, oh, I do MMA. Like, oh, you do UFC? Like, back then, it was still, the UFC was trying to build that to that. So I think, like, when, when that era happened, man, like, there was a select few guys. Like, now, it's a select few guys that would get sponsors and walk in, like, hey, I'm going to come on my shorts. But there was a bunch of guys that would not have got no money, and they would have tried to, you know, try to collect their own checks if they would have got that money, like a mom and pop business. That's you know, yeah. like, and for it's, it's just a different level of business. So like, when you're an yeah. athlete, I don't want to go. For me, I didn't want to go talk to like, hey, let me go get sponsored by the car wash. Like, I, I, I feel like when it happened, <laughs> Joe's tire you know, shop. Yeah, bro, it, it it came in right, but like, the UFC's the, their business model is their business model for a reason, and this is why they are the leader of the sport. All right, so so leading into that a little bit, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, the 294 card, and then Anthony can roll. We've we've Dope. kept him on for a long time. All good, bro. But, this, um, this is fun, actually. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate, appreciate you saying you, that. Uh, so we talked to DJ about this a little bit, and I'm a, I'm of the opinion that I think that MMA fighters in general have a union within a few years, right? Like the NFLPA, the NBA. But players you think they will? Huh? No. Oh, I think you they think do. they will, or they're or they're they capable do. of it? Because no, they I will. Not. I think they're definitely capable, they're capable of, it, of it. But and I think they will. Yeah. yeah. Were you wait? Were really? you Pettis? Were you part of the Donald Cerrone, Bjorn Ramsey, thing? No. What is that? Remember Tim Kennedy, fucking cowboy GSP, and that Bjorn Ramsey picture? They said you were unionizing. It was like big news, and then pff, went oh. away. No, do you I remember? Like, I, I could have sworn you were one of the like. No, apparently not. I don't know. He had big names on there. I was like, Pettis might have been one of them. Never mind. Forget that. No, no I wasn't on that one. But um, yeah, I think um, man, fighters don't even talk to each other. Ask how much they get paid. Like I guarantee, if you go to ask somebody in the UFC, you go, like, "Hey, what's something your weight class is making right now?" They have no idea. Like really, how that happens and the communication can open between fighters. But but we're fighting each other, so it's really hard to like be friendly with. But if I'm playing football against somebody or basketball against somebody, it's a different like level of communication. Like so when, I, when I'm trying to, when, I, when you're about to fight somebody, I don't give a fuck what you're making. Man. I'm trying to whoop your ass. But yeah. business-wise, I should have known what the fuck he's making because now I have a bargaining tool to make right. money, you know. So once once fighters can start talking to fighters and like get get across that lines and we can work together, I, then then I could see something happening. But I think we're far off, man. I, and I, I'm, I'm, and I'm I do with my shot. Three to three to five years, I think it happens. Three to five. Well, I guess three to see what happens because that lawsuit that's going on is also like yeah. Very, I mean that's 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 a factor, right? Put some, speed, a factor. Put some speed to that. And, and and you know what? I mean, here's the thing too: is like a lot of it is maybe not just fighters, but also managers, right? Like, the managers need to quit like fucking hating on each other and in, in public, and and talk behind the scenes and figure out how they can get everybody that they're fucking managing. Like, yo, say there's ten managers out there that manage pretty much everybody, right? If those ten yeah. guys get together in a room and sit down and say, hey, boys, like we manage the entire fucking fleet, right? We can do something here because we got power. That's crazy. Yeah, just my opinion. I don't think it. But you said the truth. Like, like that's like 
man, the management business in mixed martial arts is like the wild, wild west. Like you literally can right. be a man, you can, anybody can be a manager in mixed martial arts. You know, a friend, hey, I come be my manager. So it's like it's like the wild, wild west. But you're right. Like yeah. when, when when there's a UFC fight card on, when there's a PFL fight card on, when there's a Bellator fight card on, five or six people are eating, real eating. Like all these fighters eating, but these motherfuckers are eating, eating. So so that, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't want to get into that too much, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of it, and you know, um, I, I've always said I hope fighters. I think fighters, there's room to pay them more, but at the same time, it's just like such a wild gap between people that championship for that and then people that are realistic about it or think. Well, how the, it's how the structure changes, and I, I won't, I'll leave you on this. All right, so in boxing, there's no promoter that can allow. He can't allow to have his own belt. That's what allows it, the, not the monopoly to have it, right? So if Golden Boy could have his own belt, and Mayweather could have his own belt, why the fuck would Mayweather take one of his fighters to fight in Golden Boy? Like they're fighting their own little circuit but the ibf the wbo they uh uh wbc they're the dictators of the title fight so like now you gotta hire this third-party company that has nothing to do with the promotion side of it or the fighter side of it that dictates the fight so until that happens with mma this can always happen like when you can when you can own your own championship like whoever's the most popular that's whoever's gonna watch so until that rule changes and that's the muhammad ali act uh, that's what i was saying bro the, the PFC versus APFC. Hey, that's a million percent, bro. Let's make that happen. A million belts, percent. Dog, let's go. Hey, end of the year. End of the year. I, I would love to do it. I'll be ready. I'm going to do three three boxing fights. Get my name as big as I can in this boxing world. And, man, a co-promotion. But that's how it's supposed to work. So two promoters come together. They build up a fight, but they hire a third party to oversee, govern the title shot. Now that makes sense. Now, now the next best guy in line will be the champion, not who has five fights left on their contract or who's more popular or like there's a lot of like little things that happen like that in in, in an organization that can own their own belt so that and then if that happens then it changes everything because now there's no more anime managers because now the promoter technically is a manager like you know pfl would be a, a promotion company not a not a they'd have a stable of fighters but if they wanted to fight for the best in the world the ufc versus pfl would co-promote the event and then whatever the governing body will oversee the rules of the title Damn, bro, you hella smart, bro. You put me on. Uh, no, I, I'm. Yeah, this is this is good shit. A lot of fans wonder about this type of stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, so I think um, once once that happens, that's my bad. But that, that's that's what that lawsuit's about. And Kung Lee's like one of the, the main faces of that. And I I just read on it. You know, I'm I lo- I'm, a, I'm I love the UFC for what they done for me. But like, I'm reading his opinion on it, and he's like, he has kids coming up, and he's like, yo, I don't want my kids fighting in this format because it's, it can be too. It's, it's, it's a way to be corrupt, you know. Like it's, it's, corruption can happen in that format. There has to be a third outside party overseeing who's the best in the world, and promoters have to work together. And now fighters will get paid way more because now the promotions, you know, will be the promoter of the fighter, not the owner of the fighter, if you will. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, you know, so while I pull up, we'll dip into the UFC 294 card and make some predictions on that. While I'm pulling that up, dude. I, there's probably a lot of people there's a lot of people know about the Muhammad Ali act thing happening right now but there's not a lot that really fully understand it you seem like somebody that you fully understand what's kind of going on and uh, what the implications of it failing or succeeding would uh, bring why don't yeah. you kind of uh, give us a summary of that for anyone listening any casuals fucking listening you guys don't pay attention to the sport <laughs> well I mean I don't, I don't know what's going to happen but I can't like say like, if, it, if it does happen well the only way to yeah. make it Oh, to make it fair, I was just say to make like, to make it like boxing. Like the Muhammad Ali Act came about, and it's, it says boxer. It doesn't say combat sports athlete, so that's what doesn't protect us. So it says boxer. So it, they're not allowed to have their own promotional champ. So like that's what's going on in MMA. Every promotion can have its own champion. It's like it's like if you're in the NFL and they're like, all right, 
I own the NFL, but like Green Bay Packers aren't popular enough, so I'm gonna trade their quarterback to New York because New York makes more money. Like people would be pissed. Like the whole fucking NFL, like what the hell? Like, this is crazy. So like that happens all the time in MMA and different you know, and, and, like whoever's the most popular. Like you need even like these up and coming, you know, organizations, they need views. How do you get views? Make two popular guys fight. And and if no one's governing that besides, you know, the, the place that's holding the fights like that's who benefits so like these two popular guys are fighting but all the money goes to the top and in boxing it's not like that you have two promoters that co-promoting the event they have two athletes and then they hire the wbc the wbo they hire a third party that allows them to compete for that title and they can both both parties like they, the promoters let's just say simple golden boy tmt they come together they dictate the rules what size gloves we're gonna wear how many rounds like all the rules and then they go to the governing body and they oversee that so i think for MMA to get to there, everything will have to change. So it'll wipe out, it'll wipe out managers. Be the, you know, don't need for a manager because your promoter's your manager. It'll wipe out, you know, but I mean, you can have deals outside of it, but like as far as negotiating your fight contract, that, that won't happen no more. It's like, auctions don't have any big managers. They don't have agents like that. They have a promoter. Um, and I think if that happens with MMA, it shakes up everything because not every organization will not be allowed to have their own note. And now we'll have to see cross promotion people fighting like Bellamy, if PFL owns Francis and uh, UFC owns uh, John Jones, they would co-promote this event to see the best man in the world is dictated by somebody else. And uh, if that happens, it changes change the top game, man. Like, everything changes. So I mean, they're doing mean, that with the Tyson down- Fury fight, right? PFL and then the WBO, WBC, or That's it's boxing, just yeah. boxing. But PFL definitely Dude, has something to do with it. No, no, but I'm saying it's boxing format, you know. Like, so PFL is Francis's promoter, so PFL. So there's no third. I mean, I'm not sure. I think I think he might have he might have got he, I think he might have got permission to box, so he might be his own promoter in this one. I'm not. I don't know the rules. I'm not, right, I can't. The PFL speak. may have given him uh, freelance permission to box, so now he's his own promoter. That's why his money goes way up because he's getting paid as a promoter. Not so there's no third party in this setup, maybe. No, yeah, it's just, it's just Tyson, Tyson Fury, and Francis Ngano dictate the deal. They get paid. They go. They don't even have to hire WBC. This is, there's no belt for it. So that, wow. usually, if you if you fight for a title, it's like a hundred thousand, bro. Like if you're a four time champ, hundred thousand for WBC, hundred thousand for WBO, hundred thousand for IBF. You you have to pay that out your purse, but all the money comes to you. Yeah. There you go. It's so it's complex, man. I mean, it's complex, man. Yeah, we got to put complex. these clips on pay per view because the game is to be sold, not told. And Anthony's, <laughs> Anthony's giving us free game, boy. Dropping knowledge. Man, we killing on this we'll guy's time, man. This guy worth a lot of money, bro. Let's make a couple picks and then we got, we got to release I got one. I got one more reading at, uh, in 30 minutes. Actually. Okay, we're going to run. Let's run through 294. Okay, so we obviously have... Abu Dhabi coming up. We got Saeed Nurmagomedov. We're starting from the bottom, if that's cool with you, Ice Bags. He likes to start from the fucking top <laughs> of fight cards. You don't do that, Pettis. Tell him if you don't mind. You don't fucking do it. Wait, if, if you're just explaining it or if you're picking, if I'm picking yeah. bets, yeah, I usually start at the top. If I'm if I'm trying to bet on the card, I see what you the start from the top. Top from the bottom. Okay, oh, fair enough. Right. Fair enough. Tonight, if, if, I'm, if I'm betting on them, if I'm picking bets, because you, know, you got to see right, who the so favorites Mac. are. Usually the favorites are at the main card. You favorite underdog, like. That's where the fair, fair. Okay, Mac, I I'm, I'm wrong for John once. Jones said don't. John Jones said don't fuck with bags, and Pettis said fucking bags is well, right. So John Jones said I would right. I don't know what leg fuck. you have to stand on, brother. Okay, fair enough. Whatever. <laughs> All right. You do it however Saeed, you want to, man. You don't even know who these motherfuckers are, Ice Bags. Your picks are gonna be fucking terrible. Saeed Nurm- Nurmagomedov, uh, not related to Khabib. 
one of the what? There's four Nurmagomedovs. He's the only one that's not. Uh, versus Gar Gafur. Oh, I can't do his. He's Tajikistani. Not a ton known about him, but Muin Gafurov. Who do you guys got? Let's start with. Uh, we'll go Pettis Perry Ice Bags. Anybody with the last name Nurmagomedov. He don't have a mustache and he has a beard. I yeah, see, I got my vote. There you go. Okay, so one oh, for Saeed. Man, what about USA, you? We got the mustache with the shit too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache and the beard. I think Saeed lost his last fight, but yeah, who do you got, Saeed or uh, Gafarov? Mm. Me, I said yeah, Nurmagomedov. No, oh, you're going. Oh yeah, same. Okay, what about you, Bags? Nurmagomedov for sure. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to go. Saeed is, he's really good. Um, I trained with him actually in, uh, in uh, Elmer Creek, uh, New Mexico. He, he that's out, where uh, I'm from, baby. Okay. So he was at Jackson Wing forever, bro. So I trained yeah. with him, uh, man, probably like eight years ago. And he was a monster. And, and he finally got him in the UFC. So yeah, Saeed's a beast, bro. He trained with Sergio. He served his weight. So like we, I watched him in service for like eight, nine years ago. And I already knew that dude. I was like, yeah, you'll be in the UFC. Dude, I'm so proud of Sergio, what he's been doing lately, man. Okay, you know what? You and your brother did something fucked up. Okay, you you did that to Wonderboy. Again, props. Favorite KO by you. Kyoji, bro? What the fuck? Dude, I mean, I love... I'm fans of all you guys, but damn, you did. Bro, Kyoji. Holy shit. That's Sergio, right. though. Let's go, America. Sergio in Bellator, man. Sergio's first fight in Bellator. You saw, you saw his... It was like a knockout. And oh, yeah. 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 He came in Bellator guns blazing, bro. And I was like, yo, stay, stay on the path, man. Money, your the balance will be in your checking account if you stay right where you're at. Dude, he fucking, he's killing it over there. Yeah, give him a high five next time you see him. Sorry, sure Mike, hey, Mike's falling asleep over here. Shit, okay, we're, we're, hitting, we're already one through. We're one through. We're getting to some important shit. Okay, Nasruddin Imavov versus Ikram. <sighs> These ones fuck me up. Alice Kirov. Ikram. Most people just call him Ikram. I gotta look at this card so I can see. Yeah, the next, the next card, the Pettis next fight, went, you guys will know. Pettis wouldn't bet on shit he didn't fucking do research yeah, on he, first. Yeah, betting professional over here. That one, honestly, we'll skip that one. Think about it. Let's go to this one: Ankalaev versus Walker. We all know who those guys are. Ooh, yeah. Who's going first? No, this is, this is the one before Komain. Okay. This is Komain, right? No, Komain's Paul Costa Hamzat. So, Ankalaev oh, obviously yeah. the one who just. What, what's that? No, I said, oh yeah, the, the Komain's fire, bro. That, that oh, dude, that's yeah. a banger. Yeah, this one's a banger too. I mean, because Ankalaev being one of the more well-rounded fires, still violent. I lost a lot of money on him actually. I used to. I better than him last time. He got me. The Yan fire was it the um, uh, the uh, leg kick, right? I don't even remember. I just every this fight's every weekend now, bro. Like I just I know it. It all compiles. He ripped, he ripped the ticket yeah. up. When you rip the ticket up, you know you lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet on my phone. I got William Hill out here, so I just the, the William Hill ah, is gotcha. just, that's easy. Go oh, fair. So I'm, well, who I'm you got? Ankle off. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say you Walker pay? is a fun underdog. Uh, he, they're both powerful. Walker's been looking. Great, he won his last one, which was supposed to be a tough guy that he shouldn't have beaten, especially after getting dropped the way he did by Jamal. And, um, you know, Bobby Green was a big underdog in the last main event, 
and I was sitting there about to bet on his ass, and I didn't do it. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, so I'm going with Walker, I think, maybe. Maybe. Fair I'm enough. What about you, Bags? Ankle Live? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably should bet with Pettis. Probably should bet with that one. Well, this is one of those classic fights of, like, <clears throat> some fancy come-out-of-nowhere fucking flying knee, spinning back fist bullshit. He's he's really sharpened up his game, I think, if you've been watching. He definitely has gotten better. I, I think he's still at SBG. But Ankalaev is, like, one of the most well-rounded fighters on the roster and capable of hurting and fucking you up anywhere. Um, <clears throat> Johnny Walker's been chinny before. I think this is... This is there's no path to victory for Johnny Walker besides that he's Johnny Walker. That's pretty much it. You know, he catches him with something. I guess to try to yeah. catch him with something. He's he's just out of his too much too much for him everywhere. Yep. And Ankle Ive's just not gonna put himself in a position to do that. So Ankle Ive, I'd say that's as much as a lock as you get on a card. But yep. we'll see. I like Agreed. both of them. All right, so then next we got obviously Paulo Costa and Hamzat Chimaev. Chimaev at 185 now, pretty much locked in. He's not going to be going down to 170 again. Who we got? I'd like to see the weigh-ins before I place a bet on that one, but I did see I did see uh, Costa just had surgery, a staph infection on his elbow. And mm-hmm. I had that shit before, bro. That, that takes you out. You got to go in the hospital for a couple days, IV, get it cleaned out and shit. You really can't train like that. So without seeing the weigh-ins, I'm going to say Kamzat. Okay. What about you, Bags? Or uh, Perry? Well, we made picks on this, and um, mm-hmm. I did say that Hamza has been phenomenal, and he definitely would come into the fight with the game plan to do what he wants to do uh, and get him get his ground game going, get his hands on Paulo. I, I picked Hamza. Okay. I, I really, I really liked Costa in the upset. The, the, the surgery on the elbow concerns the shit out of me. Three weeks out, like, it's a big deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stick with my original pick of Costa. I mean, he's acting like it ain't hurting him. I, he didn't necessarily, I don't think, need to post all the pictures of that. Um, I'll stick Costa's with Costa. Costa's the one who had the elbow surgery? Yeah, he had a yeah, staff protection. How long did it fuck up your arm, Pettis, when you went through that? Bro, I was in the hospital for like three days because it was, it was MRSA. It was like a little ass black dot on my elbow, just like his. And then it turned yeah. into MRSA. It just went on my arm. Like that shit started turning red everywhere. Oh, God. And then um, afterwards, they got to put like this gauze in, in the actual hole. So they scraped the actual, the, the core of that shit out. And they put this like big ass gauze, stuff it in there. And he's got to keep it wrapped for a while. So you can't, you can't sweat. You can't, you can't grapple. You can't, I mean, you can, you can punch with your other hand and stuff, but this, it limits you a lot from what your ability, what you can do. For how long? A week or two. I mean, until that hole closes up, the, the hole has to close up. So you, I mean, you shouldn't be sweating. You shouldn't be getting sweating that shit because if you get reinfection, man, it's, it's bad. So we should all bet uh, Paulo probably missing weight or something. Like so, so if, if he, I want to see the weigh-ins, I want to see the weigh-ins first. That's why I said that. Yeah, well, then Paulo's already perfected the whole fucking showing up and saying, nah, fuck middleweight, though. Let's do 205 the day before. He did that twice in a row, but this one, if it looks like Gilbert, Hamzat had a problem in his last fight. He got in a dog fight, and someone, one of my Swiss friends, she told me that the, the homie, what? It wasn't his last that I don't fight. Have a... His last fight was Holland, and he choked him out at 178. He's talking about Burns. 
right? I know. Yeah, wait, he fought Edwin Burns last. That wasn't his last fight. No, it wasn't. Nah. Did I forget entirely? I thought it's been a year since. Uh, he fought Burns and then he fought Holland. I thought he smoked Holland right before that. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Okay, dude. Well, there you go. Um, it doesn't really change. If it looks anything like Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Burns likes to swing a little bit like Paulo Costa, but he's got way better ground game. I was surprised they didn't really test each other that much on the ground. Paulo's not going to be doing that. I think Hamza will have a massive advantage on the ground. I don't know, though, but he got in trouble in that Gilbert fight because he, he went into a slugfest with him, and his coach was yelling at him in Swiss and or – Swedish and my friend told me they were literally he was begging him to stop being an idiot and stop trading with him so he's prone to getting into like some fights where he just wants to prove it to him fuck himself he doesn't give a fuck if he gets in that with Paulo I don't know but I, I'll take Hamzat yeah I said, I said that, that, that that dehydrated brain against Gilbert Burns had, had a lot to do with that like, you think so? Yeah, when you had yourself to cut that weight bro you hit you get hit you feel it like, you yeah hit. Yeah, your, your, your brain's getting dehydrated. That your brain needs that hydration to fucking absorb whatever happens. And I think that's what happened to him. The wake up, that's why he up. That was, a, that was such a banger. I completely forgot about the Holland fight. I remember they fought, but I thought that was before. I, anyway, okay. <sighs> Main event. Oliveira, Islam, Makachev. Don't, we've seen this one. We don't have to, yeah. have to preface this one. I would like to see Oliveira win, but I, I got to go with Islam. I just, he's well-rounded, you know. Like, them guys fight not to lose, bro. They don't. They, they, they're not, they, they stick to their game plan, and they, they're, they're true to their, their game, and that's why they're where they're at. Agreed. What about you, Platinum? Man, I, I, I feel the same, man. I like Oliveira. I would like to see him be the dog that he is in the fight. He definitely wants to come back and redeem himself and give us more of a fight against Islam especially since Alex Volkanovsky kind of broke Islam down a little bit. And, uh, you know, so uh, I see Charles being a fun underdog bet that you could lose some money on. So I would say Islam's going to fight to not lose, like he's saying. Very smart. There you go. What about you, Bags? I'm going Oliveira. I think, I think he picks up enough off the uh, Volk fight. Cool, cool. Okay, so my thing is I'm uh, I'm with you, Pettis and Perry. Like, bro, Islam has every tool to win. Charles has every tool to pull off hurt anybody. He's one of the most violent fighters we've ever seen before. Um, but with that said, you know, a dominant wrestling over BJJ, we've seen it so many times. And especially, like, with someone on the level of Islam, even with Charles being as high up as he is on BJJ, he's, you know, what, maybe probably... He's got the most submissions ever. He's got to be top three best BJJ practitioners, right? I mean, I put Damian Maya over him, but useful MMA? Yeah. yeah. He's top three by probably two, but okay. I think my only prediction is he looks better this fight. That's it. I think he looks better. I think Islam has... It, no. It's the Ankalaya of Johnny Walker fight again. That's what it is. Charles could pull it off, but no, I got to go with Islam. There you go. Agreed. Anthony. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, so Abe. On the pond, too. Fighter pay. Yes. 
I get I get shit from my my, my take on this all the time. People yard. think that I What's am supposed to be upset my about fighters' pay. Right? My take is straight up this. Okay. I think that there's room for the UFC to fucking provide more pay for fighters. Now, at the same time, why the fuck, if they won't get together and do something about it, am I supposed to spend a goddamn moment of my day mad about it on the internet and yelling at other people that fucking disagree with me? I don't understand. I think fighters should get paid more. They won't do it. And then, like, it goes back to the good manager, bad manager thing. You see a lot of people like you work for. And this is why I don't bitch about this stuff, man. I, I, I notice. But you don't see your guys bitching. Like, so. so because there's so a way I'll, that I'll, it I'll goes. I'll say this. I always, always will say the fighters should get paid more. I will always say that because what they do, it's, it's, dude, you're in a fight. You're in a fight in front of millions of people or thousands of people, wherever you are, you're in a fight. So I will always say they should get paid more. Um, but then I also understand the business side of it. And that's the part that a lot of guys don't understand. You know, if the UFC yeah. didn't have the structure that they had, we wouldn't be so, so salivating for the fights that we got. Um, I, I would also, you know, be, I'm I'm not I'm hesitant to say that the UFC can't pay the fighters more. I've, I am because they can. The truth is they can. If you look at the numbers of, of yeah. what they make compared to what the fighters get, yes. However, however, if you're a guy who's just coming up and you start up, put it like this: there's a million people out there that right now that will take a fight in the UFC for free. You got to keep that in mind. So there there is like no the motivation argument. for the UFC. To pay anybody more. You understand? There's a million people out there that will, mm-hmm. will, will fight for the UFC for free. So the guys that are complaining about their pay, my my direct response to them is get better management that believe in you that can help elevate your star power. Because the one thing that the UFC will do is pay the people that got star powers. It is the one thing that Mike has right now and why he gets paid so well is because he has star power. If you cannot get people to tune in to your fights or you can't get people to sit down or I'm sorry, to buy a ticket, you have no right to complain. And the, my one my one argument with the fighters has always been everybody believes they have a brand. All fighters think they have a brand and it's only true to an extent. It's not true to the where you're comparing yourself to your brand to LeBron or to Tiger Woods or to Michael Jordan. Those are brands. The guy who's a mid-level fighter on in, in the UFC that's fighting fight nights, your brand is really limited to your friends and family. It's not, it's not it's anything cumulative outside of that. with the other people on the prelims, man. Like it's, so that shit. you, you take, you take your opportunities in those times to really perform, really outshine. And, you know, I, I tell a lot of guys, you're better off being on a fight night than you're on a pay-per-view. If you're a lower level guy, because if you go look at the pay-per-views, the guys at the top, that, that main card and the first fight right before the main card, those are the best fights that are set up on the card. Those guys, if they get a finish, are almost guaranteed a bonus. Everybody else under that, which there's phenomenal fights on the undercards too. I'm not discounting them. But the chances of you getting a bonus on those undercards, are vi- I'm, I'm sorry, those type of cards are very, very slim because the guys at the top, if they get a finish or a wild fight, they're going to get the bonuses. If you're on a fight night where the where the production or I'm sorry where the where the viewership is a lot less and and you're talking you know you could be the you could be one of those guys on the main card which doesn't matter on those cards from the beginning all the way to the end it's all the same unless you're the main event there is no difference you know I I, I always use the Dana White Contender Series as the the you know the the bar for that the the main event 
everyone knows, but all the fights on that card are great, right? Like you, you still enjoy watching all the Dana White contender fights. There's a reason for that. Uh, I, I believe bare knuckle boxing is the same way. Yes, Mike is going to headline a card. Yes, he's going to be in there against another, you know, big name that, oh my God, we can't wait to watch that fight. But if you tune into those undercards, you're going to go, oh my God, that was phenomenal. That was a great, great fight. That's the idea. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I tell guys on the big cards, those type of fights, if you're on them, just don't look for the, the chances of you getting a bonus or slim to none, get the win, 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 win. Think about the win first before you think about anything else. If you're on a fight night card, go out there and do that crazy move that you've been able to hit in the gym against everybody, but you just don't do when you get, you know, into the cage in the UFC, do it that night because that, that knockout will guarantee you a bonus more than likely uh, for the guys. So that's kind of my, my take on that. That's fire, man. I mean, the yeah. insight and, and look inner, the, the inner deep lookings of like, how it's ran and like the uh you know what do they call it when they're making pictures they got the film the uh um, what do they call that shit when they put the shit in the, the liquid the dark room the dark room that yeah what yeah i know the well the, the, you know what i'm talking the negatives. about negatives negatives, the yeah. negatives yeah. and then um Listen, that that is my opinion based on what I've seen. So remember, I'm just saying this is just my opinion on what I've seen. This is not fact. Don't don't take my word as fact of what you know what the matchmakers do or what Dana does. Please don't do that. That's not what I do. And then you know, like I'll 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 say this: Bellator has done a give them, dude. Give PFL credit. They're they're the ones that are basically saying, I do not care about anything. We just want to have competition, right? Like we just want to see if you're ranked one, you're gonna fight eight. Two is gonna fight seven. Uh, three is gonna fight. When it's are we basically gonna announce a... PFC? Soon, man. Soon, my guy. PFC, soon. baby. Soon, soon, soon. Yeah, he's on my. Yeah, yeah. KPC, whatever. It don't fucking matter. Platinum fighting something. championship. Soon, soon, my guy. Soon. I can't soon. wait. I can't wait. Let's it's go. coming. It's coming. It's coming. Not now, though, man. Not now. Let's let's get all of our ducks in a row, and then we'll. I had to we'll get that out because I thought it before, and then I forgot to ask, and I was like, "Oh, I can't forget again. I gotta. We gotta get it out." Not yet. They're ready not yet. for it. They're ready to see the PFC. I'll say this. I'll say this. If we can get, if we can get this thing done, sometime around the Eddie fight, we're in a good place. Like, in other words, remember that's gonna let be. Me just, let me give you this image real quick, right? You got this badass over here, and then you got this big tough motherfucker over here, and then you got me in the middle of them. Like, oh no, hold on, man, don't yeah. do it. So I would tell you this, you know, you know, my, my visual of you is not that. It's not that. It's not that. It's not you saying, oh no, don't do it. It's me, you, you getting in there and being like, don't you motherfuckers touch each other. Like you be a damn dog in there, just the same way. And the reason why I say that, listen, I'll be laughing the whole it, time, like, oh, I know, I know. But see, but that that I, I think that takes away from you, though. It takes away from you, like like your persona. I actually don't see you as being like the laughing guy in between two fighters. And I know that 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 you want to do that. But my point to you is is that when they get up there, there's a respect. That's a different place. I want you guys to be vicious. I want you guys to be animals, but don't you dare touch each other. Don't you dare save it for for tomorrow night. Save I it want, for the next I night. I want That's motherfuckers fighting for me that don't give a fuck what I have to say, and they just gonna fucking eat. They gonna eat. 
And then I can just be in the middle of the chaos. And I'm just smiling. Don't be in the middle. Don't be. I'm just smiling in the horror. Don't be that guy. Don't don't be that guy. Trust but me, I like to fight. Me. Like I'll be in the I know, fight, get listen, punched in my face. Watch, and I'll, like, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where I'm coming from. I'll tell you where I'm coming from. This is what I've seen. If you go look at Georgie when he sits in the middle of those guys and he's laughing and he's just like, it's almost. We get it. You're happy. We get it. You're 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 putting on a fight that means something. Ooh. I understand, but it doesn't look good for the person, mm. the brand. That's play the part. I can That's play what I'm the saying. part. I mean, I know where's can. Conor McGregor's fight league? Because I know he'd be in between them like, he'd be in between them like, I don't fuck around. Think about it. You think, right, yeah. you think you think he would be laughing? He wouldn't be laughing. Nah. He, the dude, this is not, it's not, this is like, not a, you laugh after like the fight, between, not before uh, the fight. Mac and his girl right now. Yeah. But you know the only time. That's what we want. We want type of fighters that make it real where it's like, I can't be smiling in between them because they're so vicious. I have to be focused. That's the you know, there you go. real that's shit. So and that and that when people see that, they're gonna look at it and be like, "Oh, the shit, this is real." The, yeah. Whenever I see, whenever I see like Dana or I see Mick or I see even Scott Coker, uh, when I see uh, Ray Seffo, Ray Seffo smiles a lot. I'm not I'm not big on it, but when he doesn't smile, it, it actually like there's a there's a certain presence about that way in where you're like, "Oh shit, this stuff is serious." If you're laughing, it takes away from that. And it also makes you look like a damn kid in there. You're not a kid, homie. You're, you're a fighter just the same way, and you got to keep that persona. The one thing the WWE taught me was you never break character. Never break character. Word. Can I say something that is not advice? It's just a, a observation and something sure. I've talked about with some other people on Twitter. One thing I think is fucking hilarious about Mike being introduced to this whole group is – that's an entire market's going to find out what fuck around and find out looks like for real. And that's just who you are, Mike. So like without this conversation we're hearing right here, I kept saying like, it's just dude, just insert Mike into the mix exactly as he is. You dude. always, all you always have to talk about is like, I just want to show up and fight. I just want to fucking just do that. I mean, I can, you're going to find can, out what that's like. I try You've to be normal. You know what I mean? I try to be like other people, but like, I don't think you have to try to be times- for this. Like for example, in in the UK, when I was at the press conference for for Logan and Dylan and KSI and Fury, um, I'm standing off to the side, and um, you know, they're like telling me, you know, I'm 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 working for them, so they're like, you know, uh, let's just let's get you over here, and then we'll wait for to call on you, and we'll let people know, and this and that, and it's like, yeah, respect both ways, we do the business, and yeah. I. It gets crammed up in there, and I happen to when when John Fury starts throwing tables, I kind of went in front of some cameras that I guess were live, right? And I'm looking, I'm trying to watch because I don't have a good seat. They ain't calling me up. Uh, so then I come back, and then I'm standing off to the side, and I'm I'm squeezed in there because people are everywhere, big security guards and. And the people working the cameras, and then I'm standing by this camera. I ain't touched nothing. And this dude's like, says something to me like, oh, this this guy who was working with the cameras and the camera crew, he's like, oh, these are very expensive cameras and, and this and that, da, 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 da. So if you come over here by my cameras again, uh, I'm going to have, we're going to have a problem or something. And I'm like, 
I was smiling like, uh, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, wait, oh you're serious? serious? <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, oh, you just shut the fuck up. How about that? Yeah, How yeah. about you shut the fuck up, dude? Don't talk yeah. to me like that. That's oh, yeah. my point. You just were you, and you were like, oh, shit, you, wait, you flexing on me? Bro, that's all you need to do. Like, crazy. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm, feel free. Get off the phone and say, do not It's like I'm there right, right now. I I'm still feel it. I'm extremely <laughs> pissed off now. Bro, it's going to be hilarious <laughs> as shit when those people find out, like, you can't uh, just go up and, like, fucking TikTok prank people like Mike Perry. Uh, I wish they would. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't wish. I don't wish. I don't wish they would. No, this has been great, though, man. I mean, 15 minutes of Abe's time's got to be at least. Like, love it. I love it. I love 45,000. I love I'm it. Legit, I love I'm not it. Fucking kidding, man. Like, there's almost. I love talking to the fighters and everything, but I'd rather talk. To, I like learning this type of shit. It's a shit Damn. Two. You know, two. One, think moment. about that. Think about that. With Rockhold, would I fight him? Fucking three minutes. He told me it fucking hurt when you hit him. He's three right. minutes. Like, oh, I said, "Fuck." I man. fought Rockhold, and I made a new house. A lot house. of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of money. A lot of money. But, but listen, if, you didn't fight okay. Rockhold for your old money. You fought Rockhold for your new money. Remember that. Remember that. Yeah, I haven't even got much of that new money yet. I got a little bit of it, but there's a there's some on the back end that, you know, we're going to get. We're on our way. I let them know in this episode. I said, look, I'm in. It's official, guys. Yeah. I'm in. It's official. It's official. And I told them, you know, I had, re- I had also received. If De- if Dennis wants to back out, he wants to say he's out. I'm in. I'm fighting next weekend. I'm fighting. I'm there. And then I'm fighting again, BKFC. December. And I said also, yeah. it's either the end of the year or some. I thought like I that. Saw right, 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 right. Said early next year. So no. So you may you might be you might be. I mean, listen. The plans for you are to keep you as active as possible. That's really the idea. You you thrive in that activity. Um, as long as obviously there's no serious injuries, which. There really has never been. And Bags keeps keeps dipping and coming back with hair and no hair. It's really tripping me out. But you know, <laughs> it makes it so much more sus, bro. You it's okay. It it's a trip. It's a trip. It's all good, man. Uh, he has yeah, to like, so, take off his shirt to do it or something. I don't like what else? What is it, Bags? Put it on. Anyway, what? keep going. Sorry. He's gonna pretend. Okay. <laughs> keep going. So so yeah. So get getting you as active as possible. Is uh, absolutely the idea. You're, you know, you, you, we, we see the numbers. Abe. He's been active tonight, Abe. I saw the mother eat a Jimmy John's sub in like seven seconds. He ate a whole <laughs> bag of fucking Doritos, a bit like the big bag of Doritos in like nine seconds. He's been active. He's trying to make weight. He's trying to make weight for next week. <laughs> He's been active. <laughs> He's been That's active. Good. That's all right. That's all right. All right, can I ask one yeah. more quick question? One, uh, like it just be a one word answer. You don't have to explain shit. Who do you think is the worst managed fighter of all time? Biggest flop or biggest fail? Why do you care to talk about the biggest loser? No, not the loser. It's Whoever who, he wants to. With, with Cedric Dumbe happening right here, and people arguing whether or not UFC fumbled it. You know, that's always come up. Like was Fedor fumbled that type of shit? You get my so, you get my question. Who's the biggest the, fail? Managing fail. Man, I, I would think. See, that's that's a hard one because I know. I to be you, honest with that, you, I think who's it, that I think, guy who kept tagging me on Instagram and you told me stop? 
Let's let's not yeah, let's not get into that one. Um I, I would think a guy like you know, just from and, and this is without me thinking too much about it, yeah. Johnny Hendricks. Hint, bro, one of the weirdest so, dudes. But he was a I, champion. I, I know, but the, becoming a champion doesn't necessarily And Wonder Boy too properly. Um, but again, Fighting I think for thirty thousand dollars for the title—that's crazy. So, so you know, again, I would say Johnny Hendricks was Mister All American. You know, you're talking about the big rig country. He had a whole thing behind him. It was massive, and from one day to the next, he fell off harder than you know anybody else. And wow. I just think that the you know the climb was fun, but the fall really sucks. You know, so uh, I, I like to look at the guys that fell. And I think, you know, that's where I would say the, the the badly managed part goes into there more so than the guys. Because this is a fight game. You're going to win. You're going to lose. So if you're always winning, it's really easy, right? Like that's that, you know, John Jones, the greatest managed fighter of all time, but he's also the greatest fighter of all time. How, how are you supposed to, you know, what's the correlation between the two? I think the guys that have taken losses and then are, you've been able to bring them back up or, you know, put them in the right positions to properly shine. Those are great, greatly managed guys. The guys that you lose and then just sort of disappeared, you never hear from them again. Those are really the, the so and that, so that's why I take Johnny as the guy that was, you know, the worst managed because he was sitting way up here. And then after one loss, it just seemed like it was over. Jens right? Pulver. Like it was, remember it was when a, Jens Pulver? They gave, him, yeah. they gave him Costa, yeah. Paulo Costa, and Johnny yeah. Hendricks. So he's moving up to 185. And he said, I don't, yeah, I've, I've never heard of this guy. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Paulo yeah. Costa beat the shit yeah. out of him. So you're, just remember, just remember, the UFC is not meant to make champions. They're meant to make contenders. Nope. They, they're, they're supposed to bring in contenders. They're not supposed to bring in champions. So the, the matchmaker's job is not to create a champion. It's to create contenders. A lot of people don't understand that. They're always like, oh, the champion got this guy. Champion. Dude, the, the best thing for the, the sport is that they're able to bring in an actual contender that can compete. It's the best thing we've had in boxing. You know, if you want to go old school and you see it. You, the best fights were when you had a contender, not when, you know, it was a guy that you knew he was going to kill Amanda the other Nunez. guy. Amanda Nunez. Uh, Amanda, I mean, Amanda is probably the best female fighter of all time. And that's, you but know. But that's why people didn't get too pumped about her fights. Half the time you're like, oh, she's going to get, she's going to smoke her. Everybody, the next, the next, everybody is the damn next best of all Contender. time. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they always like, do that. But it's yeah. true though. Cause, because everyone's so involved in the storylines of the people that are coming up or the ones that come out of nowhere, we didn't see that coming, and then they're so perfect for such a short amount of time, and we're like, wow, they've become the best ever. Like, Aljamain Sterling, we all saw his grappling and his, his uh, cardio and, like, his... Being a champion, even though he won it in a funky way, he went back and he won it in the right way. And then he defended it again. And he seemed to be this dominant champion that they were talking about. Oh, he beat Sean O'Malley. He's the best of all time. And then he he loses and they're like, oh, he was still the best of all time. And now Sean O'Malley has on the path just because he's brought the most attention to that division that division's ever received. So... I, but, but John, Hey, John said it best on our show. He said, all these guys get hyped up. I'm sick of fighting guys that get hyped up, right? Like Gan, they hyped up. I choked him out in 40 seconds. Yep. 
now they're talking about Aspinall. Now they're talking about this guy. He's like, sure, I've been around the game there. for so long that everybody is the next guy. He's like, but they ain't. Yep. Right. Yep. Man, that, that's 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 the fucking truth of it. You're not lying. He's not lying. Like, I, like I honestly, here's what I'll say. I like Sugar Sean. I think he's a fucking great personality. I think he's a sharp dude. Uh, I think he's got a huge future ahead of him. Fighting and not fighting. I think he's yep. got a huge future. I don't think he's a fucking, like, three or four time, like, belt defender. He's not the best bantamweight right now. Like, I don't. Sorry about that. No. I, that that's my, it's got the, uh, that's Abe's helicopter landing. I wish, dude. I wish. He's going to the nightclub. I wish. Hey, Abe's going to 11. His helicopter <laughs> just landed. He's going to 11. <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding. I find these I find these chats more like this is beyond. Bro, this would be, Josh, this would be fucking big. People wonder. We never hear from this type of stuff. Same old, same old. Fantastic. Appreciate you, fellas. Yeah, hopefully we can do it again. I mean, Abe, I could uh, craft some questions where they're ready for you to go. Sure. And to answer yeah. Stuff. It'd be a, it'd be a pleasure. Really, really true. I appreciate it. You maybe are- maybe you just bring me on when nobody else shows up. Yeah. That's what sure. we just did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I get it. Ready to go? I get it. All right. Charles Radke. Oh. There we are. What's up, boys? What's, What's up, up man? None just joined the beautiful weather in uh, Inglewood, Florida. Oh, nice. Where's Inglewood? It's right below Sarasota. Oh, okay. I I do remember that I wanted to say congratulations on like the best post fight speech ever. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. Right, that's that what we all way. want to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that, that all awesome. we want to talk I, about? I would have said it verbatim, but you know, I told you a question to. about that specific thing though. So, dude, first thing that went through your mind when you dropped Up that. Did you crowd. go oh, Why'd fuck? You come down here do some about uh, pussy ass bitch. Oh, let's go, shit. man. Let's go. Yes, man. I, good, I've always man. been the heel too. I feel like I'm I feel the like ho- we've all wanted to stay. Yeah, man. I feel like every single oh, time I come in back there, no. Yeah, t- ask me the question that you were going to ask me because, like, I was about to say, like, when I came in there, they did nonstop booing me the whole time when I was walking up to the ceremony weigh-ins, and the so you know why I did what I did, right? Because I'm sitting there, and you know Israel Adesanya's head coach. When I mm-hmm. when I got kneed in the Fair nuts, man. yeah. When I got kneed in the nuts, I'm sitting there on the floor. After I got kneed in the nuts by this guy because he almost got knocked out, and he's sitting there and he's calling me a fucking pussy, and I don't belong in the UFC, talking all this shit to me. So then when I got done and I beat this guy, that's when you know the whole crowd started booing and shit like that. And then that's when I just blew up because that's kind of my thing, anyways. Like if if it's a post fight post fight speech, I might you know mush somebody after the fight, or I might talk shit to somebody it's all about promotion but at that moment i was just like man fuck australia you guys took 32 percent of my pay i don't even want to fucking be here i'll just say I mean, this man I, mean, I don't even i don't even know that sean strickland had anything to say after after you and uh what's the other guy's name after y'all went off i think sean was just like fuck i can't even compete with this Manel Cape, Manel Cape for sure stole my swag. Thank thank God you work in an organization where Dana's like, I don't give a fuck, right? Like any other, any other pro sport and you would have got your ass ripped. That's what I want to know. Is there anything that was, anything comes back where they're like, Hey, like what happened? Any backlash from the UFC? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. So after the fight, uh, that was when I was walking the back. 
Um, I smack somebody in the crowd, and so as I'm going to the back, I'm flicking everybody off, and they're t- they're just trying to get me out of there yeah. as soon as possible because I went crazy. So then when I'm going back out and I get all the way in the back, I'm talking shit to his corner because they had talked all that shit outside the cage, so I wanted a piece of them afterwards. And so they're trying to shove me, and, and now everybody in my corner is freaked out instead of my friend, uh, except for my friend Levi. They're like, dude, you, do you realize what the fuck you just said on national TV? That's like ESPN is owned by Disney. So you just fucked up. Like, you're probably going to lose your job. And so I'm sitting in the back, and I'm like, you guys are fucking, you guys are just, relax. It's not even that big of a deal. So I'm trying to sit down. My eyes swollen up at this point. It's kind of closing, so I'm focusing on that. Um, and then uh, one of my managers, or my manager calls me up. He says, you need to talk to somebody right now because your job is on the line. I was like, shut the fuck up. It's not even that big of a deal. Like, honestly... There's so much shit that has happened beforehand. I'm sure this is, like, little, right? Like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, no, the way that you did it, right? Headlining the early prelims. They even told us before, too. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, Mike. They tell you in the back on the early prelims, you cannot cuss. You can't say anything or else you will get fined, right? And I just did the most absurd shit that you could have possibly have done, right? Especially in Australia, too, when that's really frowned upon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... In the back, they're like, you got to make a public apology. You got to do this. My my wife is calling me up. She's so disappointed within me because we got a bunch of friends, you know, the, uh, that are gay as well, too. But, like, it is what it is at this point. Like, they all understand yeah. what I meant. So I know uh, some gays who would say that, you know, the F word is a different kind of gay than them. And, and uh, you know, they don't. Some people can be straight and be an F word, and other others, you know. But <laughs> dude, it's so I'm it's so not saying it. So. Isn't it so stupid that you even have to like you have to monitor yourself when you, you just got done with the fist fight for fifteen minutes, and then they're gonna blast that, you because of what you say afterwards? Like you think I was really thinking of what I was gonna kids, say? Charles? All right, let's break down this two ninety four card, boys. Let's do it. All right, oh. first up, we got Johnny Walker against uh look this whole fucking card i can't pronounce one name on it but Mago- i'm gonna shoot this one's easy magomed inkaliyev oh yeah inkaliyev real easy inkaliyev bro it's like the fucking dinosaur easy inkaliyev all right inkaliyev is minus 360 johnny walker's plus 280 platinum tyson go ahead walker wow <laughs> wow radke yeah, I'm going with the Ru- Ruski on this one. I'm going with the Ruski on this one. Matt, give us something besides a name. Ankoliyev's the best, probably the most well-rounded fighter in the top of the division, probably by far. He's got way more grappling. I wouldn't favor. I wouldn't favor Jamal Hill over him. Um, wow. I wouldn't. No, that that dude's a problem. Like that dude, he he's got weapons in every department, and the very strong. He's he can rely on anything. I think he's so well rounded. Uh, it is yeah. No, he he's a problem. Every time he fights one of my favorites, I'm I'm worrying about it. So, uh, right. Johnny Walker, he, he's touchable as fuck. Ankleab can strike. He can take you down. I don't see a lot of paths to victory for Johnny Walker besides being prime Johnny Walker. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Ankaliyev after I just heard Max break down. Mike, your pick sounds dumb as fuck at this point. <laughs> I'm gonna say All right, the second one. That's a fun pick for your ass, and he's probably the underdog. It is fun. And Walker <clears throat> has been known to beat guys 
that are supposed to be so fucking amazing. That's what happens at what? Heavyweight or light heavyweight? Light heavy. That's how Walker, you know, he's been knocked out with some weird stuff, and he goes and knocks people out with weird stuff. So with that much power, and he did good last time, I think. Had a tough mm-hmm. fight. He, he got a run. A guy that's not supposed to. Who lose. was it, Mac? Um, I believe it was. Was it Span? Am I tripping? No, it was Smith. Hang on. Get the shit was, out of Smith. Hang on. Wasn't this the fight where the guy was going like, yes. you broke into you my broke house into my or some yeah. shit? But because someone broke into I think what happened in that, Anthony Smith had a home invasion at one point, right? And I don't know how, like, the details of what specifically happened, but he, like, detained this dude in his house. I think he was using that just to pump him up during the fight because he was clearly behind. I think that's all that was. Oh, he was was telling Johnny Walker, like, you broke into my house, and Johnny's like, they're in between fucking punches, and Johnny's like, bro, I did not Mm -hmm. break into your house. Like, what the fuck is going on? What do you guys think? I think he was trying to pump himself up. It makes sense to me. I mean, it doesn't look like it makes sense, but... Yeah, honestly, I didn't even... you ever been punched in the head so hard you thought somebody broke into your house? (laughs) You... Someone no. did break into his house, though. <laughs> um, CTE is a motherfucker. Maybe he was just trying to get his head in the mindset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually questioning whether I should even continue hosting this podcast going down the road because eventually I'm going to piss off somebody and I'm going to run into them in fucking Vegas at like a nightclub or something. They're going to be like, "Oh, you said this shit," and just whop me in the fucking head. Nice viral content, baby. No, you just got to get punched in the head in the Vegas nightclub. You just got to take yeah, me with you. Mike. Yeah. Hey, Mike looked at me the other day. We're, we're, we're doing something random. And Mike looks at me and goes, yo, if there's anybody you want me to beat you up, beat up uh, I got you. And I just look at him. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks, man. That's a real boy for <laughs> you, man. If Mike got told your me back. That. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's my dog. Yeah, but if, he, if someone just came up and said that to me, even Mike, I'd be like, dude, that's fucking fantastic thank you so much but like do you have someone in mind like, <laughs> i think we were like at the gym or something or i don't yeah. know where it was if there's someone here right now he's at the gym and he goes yeah. takes right? out that yeah. brown belt no, i looked around believe me i looked around for like 30 seconds well, i looked know. around for like 30 seconds right because i'm like well fuck there there's probably somebody in here that i don't fucking like and i could have mike perry beat him up right now but i didn't i didn't because i'm a fucking gentleman well mm-hmm. i mean he did beat up right, that brown fight. belt <laughs> I, ice bags. I, ja, yeah. uh Go ahead. I, I, I have a question for you. If you've ever um, left somebody stranded on an island when you take them out on your boat, you left them stranded on an island. When yeah yeah when you take them out nah. on your boat. No, I'm talking to ice bags there. Yeah. Nah, never. Did I leave you stranded on an island? No, I'm saying, but like. If you didn't like somebody, you could take them out yeah. there and be like, yo, we're yeah. having so much fun, and leave them on the island, yeah. make them swim like, back. Mike tie, has someone in mind. Mike definitely has foot. someone in mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's murder, man. Nah. Oh well, why the fuck are we talking about Allegedly. it on, on fucking television? Keep it on the DL. Hypothetical, man. No, it's yeah, like right, a prank. Like these YouTubers do. You know, you ain't seen the Instagram videos. They're like, oh, but yeah. it's just a prank. And they're like, oh, but the prank. Uh, well, you know, it's just a it's just a rough prank. But it's a prank. 
They'll make what it. About dude dude that got imagine, shot the other day doing that. Could you that. imagine uh-huh. if somebody did that shit to you? Yeah, I'd I'd so go cool. for a swim, dude. I'll come back with a shark and cook that bitch. <laughs> shark fin soup. Fuck yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, Plat- Platinum uh, Perry. We got uh, Mulan Gafarov against Saeed Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov is minus 185. I guess I'll go with the Nurmagomedov. That's always a safe bet. Jeff Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> all need to be found that one. Yeah. Are we going back in the car? Is that what we're doing? Dude, that's what, yeah. dude, Icebags has a fucking problem with this, man. I get yeah, that was so weird. Like, was I was first. Like, Bro, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about it. Like, getting... We'll just start from the top. Yeah, I'm getting prepared to do Paula Costo, like, right? But I've seen Me these too. guys. Me too. I know. Uh, so I've seen these guys fight. That's the next um, That's just the fucking culture, bro. That's what we do. Yeah, you start from the bottom up, <laughs> not the top down. You got to save. <laughs> Dude, I've, on my phone, I've got that as the next fight. That's What's... like fucking insane. Then now I'll finger you. Like I just, I, I was on my phone. I had to go you down know. one. All right, so I'm gonna go with. See, uh... I'm on, I'm, mine's different. But you know what John Jones said? Don't what? fucking, don't fucking talk shit to ice bags. So. But he also said, no, you don't do that, though. But then also don't talk shit to ice bags. It was both. It was both. He agreed with me. I you would just listen just to John Jones if I was y'all. Card, bro. If I was That's... y'all, I would listen to fucking John Jones and not talk shit to ice bags. Yeah, yeah I've man. watched both these guys fight. Both yeah, that's uh, simple. Are, are good strikers, um, except the, uh, the, this guy, as a layoff, the 14-1 to guy, he, he – Lost mm-hmm. against Chemayev, but if you watch that fight against Chemayev, he was actually getting the better of Chemayev until Chemayev eventually knocked him out with that uppercut, which is a highlight. And I saw his most recent fight, too. Ooh, he has good striking. That, that KO was nasty. Yeah, and he has good striking. He has a good ground game. The opposite guy, Mike, you remember the guy that cornered you when you went to MMA Masters, that crazy cat? You remember when you were at MMA Masters and you had that kid corner you? Oh my boy, Master Dean. He beat that cat. He beat he beat uh, Amayov. He beat him whenever they were both lightweights, right? So if I'm gonna decide on that, they both have good striking, except one of the guys, Avrovov, has better ground game. So that's who I'm gonna go with because I just feel like he has more to offer in this. Yeah, man. Imagine Dean Ayati is a beast, man. He had a, he's got a good few tricks up his sleeve, and sometimes even good ones take L's. You know, sometimes you just sometimes it's that close line where you're either about to knock them out, or they get you with something that you didn't see coming. You know, it's happened before, but we don't talk about we don't talk about those times. We 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 keep it positive, so. I picked the Nurmagomedov because why not? All right, guys. That was a pretty wild episode of uh, the ninth installment of Overdog's podcast. This is a fantastic episode. We had some great guests today. Don't forget to follow all of us on our social media platforms, all that stuff. You know, dude, don't make uh, Mike Perry come to your house and beat your ass to hit that subscribe button. And we'll catch you next time. This episode of the Overdog's podcast was brought to you by our friends at Stake. 